Here's an important COVID-19 school system update for your local area. If you're concerned about your child's education, please pay close attention to this message. The current school systems were not set up for at-home learning. If you're worried that your child may not be getting the grades they need to get ahead, may be losing self-confidence, or you're worried about them getting into a good college because of their grades, help is available to you. Call Grade Potential Tutoring. They can help with in-home or online tutoring and help your child with any subject and every grade level, even for test prep. They're experts in the home tutoring and online tutoring field and confident they can help you and your child get better grades today. Call now for your free consultation. 800-693-8290. That's 800-693-8290. Thanks for that, and welcome to Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. I'm Rick Tittle. It's nice to have you with us. Why would they change the complete setup with this Twitch and the webcams? I go away for a week, and all hell breaks loose. Now, thanks to everyone who uh, helped out, Dominic Jimenez and others, uh, as I uh, took a little vacay, but uh, back in the saddle again. And uh, nice to have you with us, wherever you are listening in this great land of ours, or eh, so-so foreign lands. We are here for you, and uh, you can be a part of the show uh, anytime you so desire by just chiming in at the toll-free line, 1-800-878-PLAY. Once again, don't write it down, dial it up, 1-800-878-7529. Football, basketball, what's that? Oh, the guest. All right. All right. The wheels are flying off. What was I saying? 1-800-878-PLAY. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, golf, tennis, auto racing, boxing, Olympics, Quidditch, Trilloball, chess checkers, rugby, cricket. We're all here for you. Otherwise, to listen to the show, you can go to the TuneIn app, the iHeartRadio app, the Stitcher app. Those are all apropos applications for receiving the programming. We stream through sportsbyline.com. You can go there, click listen live, emails rick at sportsbyline.com. Uh, also, you can always check us out on CRN Digital Plus 2, the cable radio network channel 2 on your cable provider. As always, guests, not just sports, but in the entertainment world uh, as well. And uh, also we'll have uh, Mark Mulder on. Second overall pick by the Oakland A's out of Michigan State back in the day. Mr. Complete Game, part of the Big Three, and of course went on to pitch uh, many good years with the uh, St. Louis Cardinals uh, as well as he will uh, join us. Uh, 1-800-878-PLAY is the number to call. The email is rick at sportsbyline.com. You can go to Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle on Facebook, and the Twitter is at Rick Tittle. So we got three hours. Take a quick break. We'll come on back on Byline. 
your own home is awesome, but it's also a lot of work. The good news? Finding help for your projects is easier than ever. Introducing Angie, the app that puts all your home care needs at your fingertips. Need a pro to fix that emergency leak? Maybe find someone to build a deck or even set your seasonal tasks on autopilot. Angie can handle all that and more. Expert pros, hundreds of home projects, clear pricing, and the easiest way to book and pay in seconds. This is Angie, your home for everything home. Download the app today. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now for prices so low we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go and pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at Low Cost Airlines. 800-754-4531. 800-754-4531. That's 800-754-4531. Have you written a book? You can become a published author with Dorrance Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly a 100 years to bring their book to the market. Our professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, our authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books, like Amazon and -and brick-and-mortar bookstores. So make this free call right now to claim your your free author's guide to publishing. Don't wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author and seeing your name in print. You've already written a book, so the next thing to do is make this free call right now to Dorn's Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. 800-485-6003. 800-485-6003. That's 800-485-6003. So, how can I promote my new curbside pickup service? It's possible. With Staples Connect, I need custom floor decals that'll get noticed, not just walked on. Also possible. Staples Connect can help your business grow with custom printed sales and marketing materials. Now, get $10 off signs, banners, or posters when you spend $50 or more. Explore what's new at your local Staples. Staples Connect, the working and learning store. N73, valid in-store and online. Visit staples.com signage for details. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a he's so handsome. He's a genius. All right, thanks for that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast around the world on American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show Aiton Rockaway. He is the director of the new movie Lansky, starring Harvey Keitel, of course, playing the famous mob figure Meyer Lansky. 
Aiton, uh, welcome to the show. And we've seen uh, Mr. Lansky portrayed many times uh, over the years. What was the uh, the focus on doing a movie just about him? Well, my father, uh, first of all, hello, Rick. Um, I liked your intro over there. But um, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, my father interviewed Mayor Lansky just before he passed away. So the film is, is loosely based on their interviews. And... Um, you know, I grew up with a father that wrote a book about gangsters and interviewed him and many others. So, you know, I had some inside information and, uh, yeah, that was uh, the catalyst for all of it. It's amazing when you think about how uh, he came over from whether it was Poland or Russia or whatever it was, but he comes over and he gets to Manhattan and he immediately becomes friends, I guess, with Budsy Siegel and Lucky Luciano, just these names that are, uh, they just ring true. What was it like with his upbringing? Because he was a Jewish kid and, and he was hanging out with some of the Italian kids. Yeah, I mean, he was a Jewish kid. Kids, him and, uh, and Bugsy Siegel started the Bugs and Mayer gang. They were a notorious gang in New York uh, back in the 1920s. And uh, he climbed the ladder of power. I mean, he not only... Uh, pioneered gambling in America, but he formed with Lucky Luciano the National Crime Syndicate, which was an organization of bosses, and they turned to be the great, the, the most powerful crime organization in the world at one point. What was unique about him was that he was a criminal and he was a ruthless gangster, but at the same time he was uh, a genius in mathematics and he was a great businessman. So he actually took the underworld and turned it into a successful business and he managed and structured it like a fortune 500 company that's why they were so successful why was he such a great gambler because i know that he uh, made a lot of money down in cuba I mean, we were talking about money that even today tens of millions of dollars which would be uh, eye-popping even in today's world why was he such a crafty gambler well, he was, he was, first he was very good with mathematics. I mean, he had uh, uh, an ability that most people don't have. So he had a, a very ruthless side, but he was also an a, a academic to a certain extent. So he, he was just good with numbers, and he knew how to manage businesses. He knew how to, you know, um, um, just form it into um, a successful business. So I think the reason that he was so successful is that he looked at it in, in different eyes, different way that, you know, most of the gangsters of those days looked at it. So, um, yeah. Now I this think that, that ability, that acad- academic ability and his criminal background were helpful to him. It's very interesting. The, uh, the movie Lansky follows the protagonist David Stone, played by Sam Worthington, who is a well-known writer who hasn't had a job for a while, and then he gets a call from Lansky. And this is loosely based on your father, is that right? Yeah, it's loosely based. I mean, I did take creative liberties. Uh, the only thing that's true about that conversation is uh, the fact that my father interviewed him. He was a history professor, and he flew out to Miami, and he interviewed him for over a week. Um, so it's, the, the storyline is, is, is based on the, the research, is based on their interviews, but everything else is, uh, when it comes to the relationship between the writer and Mayor Lansky, is fictional. But everything that's in the movie is true, and it's historically accurate. I mean, I took some creative liberties in the storyline, but in general, everything that happened in the movie happened in reality, and I think people would be surprised to the extent of things that, that happened, not only with the involvement in World War II efforts, not only with uh, their criminal activities, but there are a lot of things there that just people don't know about um, uh, mobsters in general. That's something, you mentioned the World War II uh, movement as well, and a lot of people don't know 
that uh, not just in England but in the United States, there were a lot of pro-Nazi movements. There was the German-American uh, Bund uh, as well. And uh, you know we've seen films at Madison Square Garden of these huge uh, pro-Nazi rallies. Something that, that these, I mean, if you can point out one good thing that this crime syndicate did was to squash some of that out, right? Yeah, they squashed some of that out, but more than that, the American uh, government and the CIA and the military approached these gangsters because uh, there were so many German spies coming through the docks in New York, and they needed somebody to kind of like find them, and the, 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 the gangsters controlled the docks back in the day. So they actually helped in the war efforts much more than just breaking up uh, bun meetings and stuff. Um, it's all in the movie, but uh, yeah, they the... the you know, the criminal organizations in America actually helped the war effort uh, against the Nazis before the war and during the war. I think maybe even more amazing about Lansky is that with all the, the FBI and J. Edgar Hoover hot on his trail, they, they never really got him more on anything than just gambling, right? Yeah, they didn't. I mean, he died as an old man. He died of lung cancer at 82 because he was a big smoker, but he's one of the people that they never managed to catch for decades. All of his partners either ended up dead or in jail. He was the only one that managed to survive through it. I give a slight indication to why that happened in the movie. You know, people have to determine whether it's uh, uh, true or not. But, yeah, he, he died an old man in Miami walking his dog. You know, when I think about all the times that he's been displayed in so many movies and so many TV shows, the one that really sticks with me, maybe because it's the most recent, is the boardwalk empire where anatol yusuf i mean he's just such an evil little uh <laughs> how much of that do you think w w what we've seen is is real and in just poetic license um i mean it, it, it's hard to tell i think that uh, i gave a, a pretty good portrayal of who he really was he was a very different person when he was younger than he was older towards the end of his life and i think in the movie you see his rise to power as a young man and his ruthlessness but then towards the end of his life, you see an old, old man, you know, dealing with his morality and, um, you know, his life and the perception of his life. That's why he's talking to this reporter and that's why he spoke with my father. So I think in the movie you'll get a pretty accurate or at least general idea of how he was in the past and how he was just before he died. And you think about, I mean, what did they get Al Capone on tax evasion? And we know a lot of people will, uh, you know, a lot of Europeans will go to Monaco to escape uh, taxes. Did he, at one point, he he tried to emigrate to Israel to get out of tax evasion? Is that right? Yeah, he tried to immigrate to Israel, and then, um, you know, they, they wouldn't let him in because he was such a powerful gangster. They didn't want that influence there, and he was probably the only Jew in history that they never allowed to stay in Israel. He was there for a short while, and then they had, they, they kicked him out and sent him back <laughs> to the U.S. So, Do you think sometimes you know. we romanticize these kingpins and things, and, and when it comes down to it, they are, uh, you know, evil, horrible people? Or do you think there are some bright spots in this guy, and, and maybe he wasn't completely evil? Well, this is the thing. I mean, the movie definitely deals with the question of morality. I'm not idealizing them in any way. And I mm -hmm. think that when people see the movie, they realize that. But there is, you know, life is not only black and white, good or bad. There is a thin, thin gray line between the two in most cases. And he's the type of person that he did kind of like, you know, um, walk that gray line. And he did a lot of good. He did a lot of bad. Um, you know, I'm leaving it open to the, to the audience to determine um, the lines of morality there. 
And um, when can we get our eyes on this? How can we check it out? Yeah, well, it's coming out June 25th in theaters on demand. And, uh, yeah, and uh, I think in, uh, three months later after that, it's going to be on Amazon Prime, but it's opening wide uh, on Friday. That's fantastic. So this is going to be... Go and enjoy it. Yeah. No, people, we love this stuff. I can't wait to get my eyes on it as well. We've been speaking with Aton Rockaway, the new movie, Lansky, and uh, I should mention Harvey Keitel. That's a pretty good get. There's you. I'm already on board right there. Aton, congratulations yeah. on the film, man, and thanks for stopping by. Thank you, Rick. Have a good day. Okay, you too. We'll take a quick break, and we'll come back on the other side with more Titillating Sports. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-215-6812. 800-215-6812. That's 800-215-6812. Come on, you watch the news. Be prepared to pay more taxes. Then if you owe back taxes or haven't filed in a few years, get ready. The IRS, the largest collection agency in the world, will be coming after you. With the power to collect taxes by any means they want to. Hey, they can freeze your bank account, your passport, even padlock your business. Oh, good times. Look, if the IRS claims you owe them 5000 or more in back taxes and they're coming after you, don't panic. Call my friends at Get a Tax Lawyer first. Their job is to negotiate with the IRS and save you money. They're experts at it. That's all they do. And you can trust them. In some cases, they have reduced a $50,000 tax bill to less than $1,000. If you owe the IRS $5,000 or more in back taxes, call now for a free consultation. Call 800-732-9635. 800-732-9635. That's 800-732-9635. If you or a loved one is suffering from a physical or emotional condition that has left you unable to work, then listen carefully. Take this number down, 800-593-7491. That's 800-593-7491. When you call, you'll speak with a Social Security disability expert and get a free evaluation to see if you may qualify for disability insurance benefits from the U.S. government. That's right, a monthly cash payment paid directly to you from the Social Security Administration. Whether you're applying for the first time or you've already been denied disability benefits, call now. The disability attorneys at Pinnacle Disability can help you build your case, file an appeal, and represent you at no upfront cost to you. 
Don't wait another minute to see if you may qualify for your Social Security disability benefits. Call Pinnacle Disability Group at 800-593-7491 for your free case evaluation. That's 800-593-7491. 800-593-7491. Call now. Teams have four attempts to move the ball 10 yards. So if you see a graphic on your screen that says first and 10, that means it's the team's first attempt to get 10 yards. be crazy. Use a D-O-G. And if you was my man, I would have been kicked you out of my house by now. This is what had happened. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's that all about? All right. Hey, welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on American Forces Radio Network. Great to have you with us. It's also great to welcome Ron Pritchard to the show, a college football Hall of Famer, played in the National Football League. And before that, he was Arizona State Sun Devil, and he's here to talk about the voting for this year's class of the College Football Football Hall of Fame, and the voting is going to end uh, coming up here uh, at the end of uh, this week. Ron, as a uh, East Bay native, uh, I know that uh, you went to uh, Antioch High. I went to Salesian High in Richmond. Did you ever have any battles with Salesian, or was that a little bit before your time? I think that's a little bit before my time. Um, I don't recall. Forgive me for you know not to insult. I just don't recall. Yeah, uh, I th- the, I would think the name, that you know right right. I would probably think somewhere in there. But uh, my uh, uncle played at uh, Richmond High. He was an Oiler. So wh- who was your main rival? Was it Pittsburgh? Right. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Absolutely. And then uh, going down to uh, ASU, you were probably before the whole uh, – uh, who was your coach at ASU? Just let me know. Frank Cush. That's what I was going to say. I thought maybe you were before Frank Cush, but you were there. He must. <laughs> that was the young I'm Frank. Old, <laughs> That's the young don't Frank Cush, huh? Yeah, yeah. He was uh, young and full of energy. <laughs> So uh, I remember going to those East-West games at Stanford back in the day. Um, what was that like to, you know, be the East Bay football player of the year, go to ASU, and then you, you come back to the Shrine game? Well, it was exciting, of course, uh, you know, because you're at home, basically, and, and uh, so it was comfortable. And then also it was an opportunity. Um, you know, back in those days, uh Arizona State, uh, although they had some marvelous uh, football players and athletes in general, um, they because they played at night for sure, they've got less attention than, say, back east. And uh, so it was an opportunity to not only play in front of their friends and family, but also to uh, show them that, uh, you know, an athlete out of uh, – lesser-known, uh, let's say, uh, recognition for their excellence uh, to play in that game and, and then have the good fortune to be selected the defensive player of the game. Well, 
I would imagine that, you know, the Cal Bears uh, were looking at you. And uh, what was that like when you, you told your family, look, I'm going to Arizona State? Did they want you to stay local and play for San Jose State or St. Mary's, Santa Clara, something like that? No, they didn't. I don't. I don't come from an athletic family background, uh, and so uh, Antioch is uh, made up of uh, blue-collar people that works in the mills, and and um, so my dad was uh, worked at the paper mill for years, and my mother worked there also, and you know they didn't have uh, have much academics behind them, um, and I wasn't very uh, interested in uh, academics. Uh, Cal had me come out and everything, but you know, <laughs> my my grades were such a, a mess that they said, "Look, it's going to take you got to go to junior college for two years before you can come here and everything." And so, I you know, I didn't even give it <laughs> much thought at all. I I didn't give much thought at all of uh, I every I went on three recruiting trips. Uh, and uh, Nebraska, and I said I'll go there because they offered me a scholarship. And then I went out to Utah State because my so some of my friends had, were playing there. And I said, well, I'll go to Utah State and told them that. And then my uh, last trip, uh, Arizona State, I went in the spring. <laughs> Gosh, this is pretty nice. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, not too far from home, really, and uh, I could drive there in a day, and uh, this beautiful weather, blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, I didn't even know who Frank Cush was, didn't know his reputation. I just said that was the last stop, so I stayed. <laughs> 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 it's, it's no rhyme nor reason. A couple more questions for College Football Hall of Famer Ron Pritchard, who will be uh, voting here. When, uh, you know, now if you our first round pick like you were you're gonna have enough money for your grandchildren but for you in the off season, you started wrestling and i remember pat patterson rocky the soul man and uh of course the rock's father ray stevens uh what was it with the wrestling that you did in the bay area well i i did i did it uh anywhere i could go you know being in the national football league gave me certain advantage uh to certain caveats and and so a friend of mine was wrestling in canada and i went up there in the great Stu hart uh, uh in his house he had a basement they called the dungeon and uh, so he'd take guys like me down there and teach me how to do the professional wrestling thing and and so i just started doing it and so with the nfl tag it always added a little color to the program and so, and I would just fly to different spots where the guys on the tour would always be driving. They wouldn't be flying. And then it's all different now because the McMahon family has taken over really the business and there's no threat for, to them from any other promoters and things. So it was, but it was great. I mean, I, I, I enjoyed the fun. Uh, I, I like to perform and, and, uh, at, uh, I don't see how these guys even played this last year with empty stadiums. I mean, it just took the fun out of it. Well, when I talk about the College Football Hall of Fame, and that's, of course, from the uh, footballfoundation.org, and approximately 75 SBS players make the national ballot each year. Voting is actually open to any fan who wants to become a member of the NFF. You can email membership 
at footballfoundation.com or footballfoundation.org to learn more about it. But the bottom line is it's extremely competitive and less than 0.2% who have played college football over the past 151 years. That's 5.4 million players. I was one at the Division II level. It's almost impossible to get in. Yeah, thanks. I played at St. Mary's in the 80s. But what um, for you... I've always thought if I was a Hall of Fame judge in any Hall of Fame, I would be really, I don't know, kind of harsh. I would have to think, you have to be so outstanding for me to consider you. And there are some people who vote who think, ah, he's a good kid, he had a good career, put him in. Where are you from right. being, being lenient and being super tough? Uh, I w- I w- I'm not, I wouldn't be lenient. And, I, you know, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, more there's more that goes into these all American selections and these all pros and all that stuff. I mean, you know that, and I know that, uh, but you had to have something. You had to have something that uh, stood out. I mean, it's still the ultimate team sport and yet you're getting, you're receiving this individual, uh, reward. Um, so, uh, uh, I agree with you. I mean, they're, they're, they had to, you know, I was okay. I could play. I, I'm not going to say that, that I was the greatest, but I was pretty darn good. And, uh, and, and you get people behind you. And, and uh, uh, so uh, it, it only takes someone to promote you, whether you deserve it or not. And, uh, and then lo and behold, you may have the good fortune of being uh, selected. So, and I'm thankful. It's a wonderful thing a legacy that for my family and myself and i appreciate that even all for antioch can they have a kid now that uh, down the line will will be the second uh, college hall of fame out of antioch and that's uh Najee harris from yeah. alabama Najee harris and first so, round pick of the pittsburgh steelers right and and so Najee and i share that and we're, we're both all americans and he's going to for sure be a college hall of famer and uh, then you have Juno Marquette, who's an NFL Pro Football Hall of Famer for Antioch. And we have a lot of guys, Dwayne Putnam, all pro for L.A. Rams. And I could go down the line from such a small town. Yeah. Um, but it was indicative of, of how we lived our life, I think, just a tough and tumble and, you know, get after it type of thing. Yeah, Antioch is, uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a tough town, and they've put out a lot of great athletes out of that high school, and we've been speaking to one of the very best, Ron Pritchard, first-round pick in the NFL, Hall of Famer out of Arizona State. Once again, footballfoundation.org. Check it out for the voting of the College Football Hall of Fame. Ron, thanks for dropping by, man. Really appreciate it. And uh, as again, uh, as a fellow East Bay kid, uh, we really look up to you. Well, I appreciate that you took the time to talk to me. Thank you so much. All right, good stuff. And um, I tell you what, uh, Antioch, yeah, I mean, it's not Beverly Hills. You're going to have to uh, earn everything you get in that town, and uh, Ron certainly did that. All right, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, it's time to uh, talk to Karen Lyle, and we'll get out on the uh, waves with salesporttalk.com. Come on back. Get my love. Now 
Karen Lyle of Salesport Talk with a shout out to InShape Health Clubs in Capitola, El Dorado, and Kern County, California, all of which are open. InShape Health Clubs are not only a member of the ITEX trading community, where your ITEX dollars are welcome, they benefit the American Cancer Society and St. Jude Children's Hospital. Visit InShape.com for the latest on our open locations and online programs. That's InShape.com. This is Salesport Talk, recognizing local businesses around the world that make each city unique. This is Karen Lyle with Salesport Talk and a historical moment, remembering the Lady Washington's trip from Pier 39 to Aberdeen in 2019. Karen Lyle here with SalesportTalk.com. This ship's a sea spotlight is brought to you by Gray's Harbor Historical Seaport. I'm here in the studio with Captain Richard Bailey, captain of the tall ship Lady Washington that will be making the journey from Pier 39 to Aberdeen. Captain Bailey, tell us about the Lady Washington. Lady Washington is a brig, which means she has two masts with square sails. And you live aboard the Lady Washington and have a crew. Yeah, I joke and say living aboard Lady Washington. I have a cabin. All of the closets in my house are bigger than my cabin aboard Lady Washington. And she's a historical ship, so reliving the life. Tell us a bit about the life. Yeah, what she does is certainly not yachting. It's a working sail. It's kind of historically sailing ships were the tractor trailers of the sea. You know, they carried cargo and they were the buses of the sea and the airplanes of the sea. I mean, they carried cargo and passengers throughout the world. And uh, Lady Washington is a replica of a ship that came out to the West Coast from Boston. She wasn't a big ship in our day, but um, she was a serviceable little vessel, and she's fun to sail today. How important is teamwork there on that ship for your safety? Well, teamwork is everything. Lady Washington sees a fair turnover of crew because it's not a brilliant career move to be a square rig sailor, but young people come with enthusiasm and we forge them into a working crew. And it's, I think the byline of the organization is ship, shipmates, self. If you're thinking about stories and things that have happened in the past, is there any time that you had an experience that really showed how teamwork was important to the well-being of the ship and the crew? I think every time we go to sea, we have to all pull our share of the load because we don't carry extra sailors. It's so ingrained in the culture of working sail that people work together and that if you don't do your job, your shipmates will all know it immediately. There aren't many slackers in the tall ship industry. I'm Karen Lyle, and this is SailsportTalk.com. Join us next time with the Lady Washington and Hawaiian Chieftain as we follow their journey up the Pacific Coast to Aberdeen, Washington. All right, thank you for that. We're back live. Rick Tittle with you, coast to coast, around the globe on American Forces Radio Network. And uh, Tuesday at 940 is when we're joined uh, to co-host this segment with Karen Lyle. And it is brought to you by SalesSportsTalk.com. And we'll get to our guests in a second. But, uh, Karen, how are you doing today? I am doing great. Thinking about tall ships, you know. Did you know? Did you know that my ancestors came over to America on a tall ship? So did mine. Uh, from one from Wales, one from England, one from uh, Germany, and then I guess on a steamship from Denmark. And it's uh, unless we're Native American, I think we all uh, can relate. And uh, let's bring in our guest. We have a Karen. Let's go with an Aaron. Aaron Short, who is the director of Tall Ships Challenge, 
which is uh, all over uh, the place. And uh, first of all, Aaron, welcome to the show. How did you get involved in this endeavor? Uh, hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, how did I get involved in this? I It is as simple as answering an ad because I was tired of working inside in a department store and really missed being on the water in the summer and just happened to find an ad that was looking for someone who could sell merchandise and um, and manage events. And I had catering background when I was in college and worked for a catering company. So it all kind of came together. And here we are 15 years later, <laughs> still doing it. <laughs> Aaron, you know, Tall Ship America is, is, a, is an amazing organization. I think you have, what, 200? Tell us how many ships you have and also about... Um, about that that book that you have that you publish every year that shows the details on the ships? Yeah, we have about 200 member vessels, and uh, we publish, it's actually about every 18 months, we publish a directory called Sail Tall Ships, um, and it is available on our website. And um, so it lists all of our member vessels, what kind of programs they run, who sails on board, how you can sail on board, and it also includes uh, color photographs of life on board and experiences uh, from either trainees or uh, professional sailors. And our, we have an internship program during the summer, during the Tall Ships Challenge. And uh, we have essays by the interns in there as well. So what would qualify uh, as a tall ship? How many masts? How many sails? How do you qualify it? Yeah, so that's a really good question. We, if you look at our directory, we have all types of ships. Some are most of our ships, and this is how I normally answer it: is it's a traditionally rigged vessel. So it's not a modern rigged vessel like you'd see uh, at America's Cup or or the Volvo Ocean Race, but it is a traditionally rigged vessel, and that's that's the easiest way for me to answer it. We do have. There are different rig types, and you can get into, like, well, if it's over, you know, a certain amount of footage, you know, length overall, then, you know, technically it's a tall ship. But I, we have some smaller tall ships that are 60 feet in, in length, and then we have some ships, like the Peruvian Navy ship that is 400 feet in tall ship, and I say, and they are both considered tall ships. Um, because they're traditionally rigged. That's how I like to answer it. <laughs> oh, well, you know, um, Aaron, the, the, you, said, you mentioned the Peruvian naval vessel. Is that Union? Um, are, is that also mm-hmm. part of Tall Ship America? It is. We list all of the military vessels in our book as members, and luckily we've been able to work with many of them. It's really a special experience. Uh, to see one of those ships come in and then have all the sailors running around in their uniforms. It's really awesome. <laughs> um, but, you know, part of what their program is is uh, as ambassadors for their country. So, you know, not only is it a way for them to maintain those um, traditional uh, seamanship skills that are still relevant, um, but it also allows them to travel, you know, sail and represent their, their respective countries. And it's a lot of fun. <laughs> So how do you break down the challenge? Because I think about what qualifies as a tall ship. Obviously, the flying cloud is going to crush the golden hind. So how do you sort of, <laughs> how do you make it even? Uh, so the, the ships are 
handicapped. The Tosha Challenge is a series. It rotates from coast to coast every year. Obviously, you know, with the past year, things were kind of um, held up a little bit. But um, we, so we do rotate from coast to coast every year. And it's the, the invite goes out to our member vessels and they, it's, uh, they show up to the Maritime Festival in port. And then between those ports, we do have races. There is a handicap system um, that is employed that is uh, each of the ships has a rating. Uh, we don't provide the rating. Our colleagues at Sail Training International provide that rating in their 10-page um, uh, document that the ships have to fill out, and they have their super-secret rating system that they use, and that's the one that we use as well. And it, it, it definitely, definitely evens out the playing field um, to the detriment of some of the more competitive ships. <laughs> <laughs> so it keeps it interesting, well, that's for sure. <laughs> well, at least we're at least we're racing for um, for fun and not actually shooting cannons at each other like no. happened oftentimes <laughs> in, in in the olden days. Tell us about the uh, event that you have going on on the East Coast because you are actually bringing together a few ships here in the pandemic and making this happen. Oh, we are, and I have to give a huge shout out to our Buffet uh, main host partners because they really stuck with us obviously no one expects a global pandemic so everything came to a grinding halt but they were they were determined to keep moving forward so we have a very uh small i'm calling it a very conservative event we have three four ships that are going to be there um little schooner alert out of maine we have a spanish ship called santa maria she um she's from huelva Spain, um, and then we have Spirit of Bermuda from Bermuda, and then we also have a tall ship Lynx, who is a replica of an 1812 privateer, and she is homeported in Nantucket, and it's kind of fun because the captain of Lynx and the captain of Spirit of Bermuda are father and son, so it's really special to have them as part of the fleet. So we are being really conservative. They are really limiting the amount of tickets that, are, that they're selling. They're limiting the amount of people on board. We're trying to maintain uh, a lot of space between people so no one feels overwhelmed. So I'm really impressed with how thoughtful the organizers have been in, in moving forward with this event. Um, so it's been, I leave tomorrow and I am beyond excited to smell pine tar and hang out on the deck of the tall ship. <laughs> couple more questions for Aaron Short, tall ships challenge director as she heads up to Booth Bay Harbor in Maine, of course, our state that's uh, the only one that's one syllable. But I think something else, you know, we think of these tall ships, we think about heritage. And as for Maine, this is the state's bicentennial year, isn't it? It is. Technically, it was last year, but I think they're, they rebranded as uh, the Bicentennial Plus One. Uh, so, <laughs> so, yes, I, I admire that. So, yes, it is uh, their bicentennial year, uh, and they have a few other events going on in the Penobscot Bay area and uh, also in Portland, Maine, as well. Well, Erin, if, if San Francisco wanted to host one of these one year, what would, what would they have to do? We hosted in 2008. We actually did bring the tall ships to San Francisco back in 2008. Um, it, the ships were uh, in three different locations along the San Francisco waterfront. It was a huge um, it was a huge footprint. 
So um, it would involve us partnering with a local group, typically a nonprofit. Occasionally we do partner with a city. Um, and then it would involve inviting the ships and creating an event from, um, from that. You, you know, I was just looking at the Santa Maria, which you were mentioning, and it looks like a complete replica of the one that uh, Columbus set sail on, really with just one mainsail there, um, which I think is outstanding. It looks amazing, but mm-hmm. uh, are you going to give it a three-mile head start? <laughs> <laughs> so according to, according to someone I will not name, it's like sailing a bathtub. And it can be really uncomfortable. As if you look at if you look at her, she's built for cargo, not necessarily speed. Mm-hmm. Um, we are unfortunately not racing this summer. The ships just have um, other places to be, and we didn't have a follow up port to uh, to Boot Bay Harbor. But next summer, we are planning to be in the Great Lakes. So we do a lot of racing and a lot of sailing in the Great Lakes throughout the summer. So that is something to look forward to as well. Erin, I understand you're still looking for the perfect wellman. Have you found it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was a very cheeky thing for me to put in there, but at the moment, I don't know if I wrote it like when I was uh, hungry, it was lunchtime, I don't know, but I have had... I wouldn't say the perfect ramen. I it is an eternal search, and I would. I think part of the the appeal is that journey. I have had some excellent ramen. Philadelphia has amazing ramen, and um, it, that was. <laughs> Thank you for asking. <laughs> well, no, I I spent some time go- growing up in uh, Okinawa and Japan, <gasps> and oh, I love ramen, and, oh. um, and and so I have my favorite my my favorite ramen. Uh, you know. At, at my local um, sushi bar, they they just do a marvelous, marvelous ramen here. I am <laughs> so jealous. That is my absolute dream is to go to Japan. They have a ramen festival. I would, I it was like I die and go to heaven. So, <laughs> well, I can recommend since we're on the topic. There's a couple places in Japantown that are good, but actually in the San Francisco Center at the bottom, it's called Aji Sun Ramen, and they shave these very thin pieces of pork and they put an egg in it, and it's probably the best one in the city, in my opinion. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm making a special trip out to San Francisco then. Cold. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I'm done. <laughs> for, for more information on the Tall, Chi- uh, Tall Ships Challenge, of course, there's tallshipschallenge.com. What else, what else is going on, Erin? Um, yeah, we have tallshipsamerica.org. Uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram uh, at the same Tall Ships America. And we, yeah, follow, share, come to one of our events. We'd love to have you. Please, if you have any questions, please feel free to call us. We love talking about ships and getting people on board um i it's it is we are all deeply passionate about what we do and um especially after the ships not sailing for last summer we are really thrilled to see most of our ships sailing this summer and it's just oh i get a little overwhelmed even just thinking about it to be honest all right <laughs> she'll get you on board literally you can tell the passion she's been doing it some 15 years aaron short who runs tall ships challenge aaron thanks for coming on and uh, we really love the enthusiasm absolutely thank you so much for having me it's been an absolute pleasure and uh aaron, we will be talking aaron definitely <laughs> oh great love it love it <laughs> Good stuff. And uh, I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break, and we will come on back on Sports Byline USA. 
Now you can make your home look great and save money. Right now, when you call Renewal by Anderson, you can buy four windows and get the fifth one free. Plus, you get 12 months with no interest, no money down, and no payments. Upgrade your home. Buy four windows and get the fifth one free. Installation and warranty are even included. And the Renewal by Anderson certified retailers take every safety precaution to protect you and your family. Hey, for 25 years. People have trusted Renewal by Anderson for their window replacement needs, and you can too. So call right now. Don't wait. Learn how to get your free window when you buy four. 800-413-6992. 800-413-6992. That's 800-413-6992. Interest accrues from date of purchase, but is waived if paid in full within 12 months. Other conditions apply. We've adjusted our operations to serve you safely following all CDC guidelines. Visit RenewalByAnderson.com for details. Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war among the major term life companies. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man age 45 non-tobacco user. $1 million of coverage is only $75 per month, level for the next 10 years. Or a man age 50 non-tobacco user can buy a half million dollars of coverage for a monthly premium of only $110. Guaranteed not to change for the next 20 years. That's right, level rates for 20 years. And if you're a smoker, we have great rates for you as well. At the Term Lifeline, we specialize in policies of a half million dollars and above. So if you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance, call right now for a free quote. Rates and availability may vary by state. Sample rate quotes are based on preferred non-tobacco underwriting exam required to qualify. 800-807-1981. 800-807-1981. That's 800-807-1981. Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call, because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. 855-325-1780. 855-325-1780. That's 855-325-1780. You spent over a decade in the Middle East, and I just wanted to say that I'm a great fan of your work. Well, thank you very much. Don't interrupt me, please. Thank you. (laughs) What did I just say? Do you know who I am? must be crazy. Use a D-O-G. And if you was my man, I would have been kicked you out of my house by now. This is what had happened. All right. A couple minutes left in hour number one of three. Um, John Rahm is the uh, champion at the uh, U.S. Open. Congratulations to him. The first Spaniard 
and I know you see John Rom, you see this big guy, he looks kind of Caucasian. You don't really think of him as a Spaniard, but he is a Spaniard. And uh, congratulations, he was only 26 years old, even though to me he looks like he's more like he's 36. <laughs> he's a big guy, he looks like he's a tight end. But um, <clears throat> a, a guy who, uh, if you think about what happened to him in his last tournament, he had a, a six-stroke lead and uh, at Memorial, and they... They had so they kicked him out because he had to go through. Uh, he tested positive for COVID nineteen, and he talked about how he was a big believer in karma. He just thought that you know something special was coming, but it was very dramatic. On the last day, he started off three strokes behind of three guys, but what happened for him? He went birdie, birdie, seventeen and eighteen, and um, a uh, relatively long putt on seventeen, but then nearly a twenty foot putt on eighteen. Uh, with a little bit of a curve to it. And once he sunk that, he went up a shot. And Lewis Oshausen was right there. But on 17, he hit his uh, tee shot out of bounds, had to take a penalty stroke, and he lost by one. And there it was, one stroke, uh, a penalty stroke, and uh, that it. it uh, that killed his chances to force a playoff or maybe even uh, win it. So uh, Lewis Oshausen uh, now, that is his sixth time that he has finished in second place, a runner-up in a, uh, a major. So if you look at some of the others, I mean, w- the whole thing coming in is DeChambeau. And uh, who's the guy that hates DeChambeau again? Kepka, Brooks Kepka, DeChambeau tied for 26th. Um, so that was what everybody was concentrating on. I remember they're like, ooh, we're going to put them in the same group so that they'll hate each other from on Thursday and Friday. Wow, 26th. As I said, um, to me, I'm not a big golf guy, but uh, Sunday is the day to watch because that's when it all goes down. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll come on back on Byline, y'all. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Facing a recall, embattled Democrat Governor Gavin Newsom says California will pay off all the past due rent that accumulated from the coronavirus pandemic. Originally, 80% would be paid by lawmakers. Russ Heimrich with Business Consumer Services and Housing Agency on Fox 11 in Los Angeles. Within the next day or so, we may hear an announcement that it is going up to 100%, in which case landlords will get 100% of the rent they're owed or tenants whose landlords decide not to participate, will get the 100%. Left unsettled is whether California will continue to ban evictions for unpaid rent beyond June 30th. A federal judge dismissed most of the claims by activists and civil liberties groups who accused the Trump administration of violating the civil rights of protesters who were forcibly removed by police at a church near the White House last year. U.S. District Judge Dabney Friedrich said Monday the claims in the suit were speculative. USA Radio News. Deb's constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating kept giving her grief. She talked to her doctor to get some relief. Turns out Deb had irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBS-C, which was a start. Saying yes to Linzess helped her do her part. 
Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, Stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Talk to a doctor today. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at Linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by Abbey and Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. The city of New York has broken its contract with President Trump, leaving the Big Apple on the hook for millions of dollars of lost revenue. Dan Rocky with the Ohio USA Radio News Bureau reports. The Trump Organization has sued New York City after the city ended its contract for a golf course at Ferry Point Park. The city terminated the contract following the January 6th riots at the Capitol, alleging that former President Trump incited the riot and was therefore in violation of the contract. The company had operated the course located in the Bronx since 2015. In the lawsuit, the Trump Organization argued that New York Mayor Bill de Blasio has a pre-existing political bias against the former president and used the events of January 6th as a pretext to terminate Trump-related contracts. A Florida woman reportedly withdrew $20 from an ATM and was stunned to discover her account boasted a jaw-dropping balance of nearly $1 billion. She says she's not able to return the money because she can't get a real person to talk to on the phone. Julia Yankowski of Largo near Tampa has a Chase bank account. USA Radio News. Look, bud, I said your money or your life. I'm thinking it over. The Great Gildersleeve. <laughs> yeah. The new Edgar Bergenauer with Charlie McCarthy. Now, if you say help me, I'll mow you down. Three hours a day, seven days a week of the greatest radio shows of all time. Classic radio theater. Available on many of these radio stations or available on demand anytime at any podcast app by searching USA Classic Radio Theater. USA Classic Radio Theater. This day in history. Flash, 1933. Adolf Hitler bans political parties in Germany other than the Nazis. Flash, 1941. Under the codename Barbarossa, Germany invades the Soviet Union. Flash, 1942. A Japanese submarine bombs Fort Stevens at the mouth of the Columbia River, northwest of Portland, Oregon. Flash, 1938. French hand rope round is back against the ropes again there, not too close to the ropes. Lewis out, and Lewis missed with a left swing, but in close, brought up a hard right over right to the jaw, and again, a right to the body, a left hook, a right to the head, a left to the head, a right, Snailing is going down. Body held to his feet, held to the ropes, looked to his corner in helplessness, and Snailing is down. Snailing is down. The count is four. And he's up, and Lewis, right and left to the head, a left to the jaw, a right to the head, and Donovan is watching carefully. Lewis measures him, right to the body, a left up to the jaw, and Schmeling is down. The count is five, five, six, seven, eight. The men are in the ring. The fight is over on a technical knockout. Max Schmeling is beaten in one round. Joe Lewis and Max Schmeling meet for the second time in the boxing ring. Schmeling had won the first fight. The fight was held at Yankee Stadium before a crowd of 70,000 people. I'm Lance Pry, and this is USA Radio News. Here's an important COVID-19 school system update for your local area. If you're concerned about your child's education, please pay close attention to this message. 
the current school systems were not set up for at-home learning. If you're worried that your child may not be getting the grades they need to get ahead, may be losing self-confidence, or you're worried about them getting into a good college because of their grades, help is available to you. Call Grade Potential Tutoring. They can help with in-home or online tutoring and help your child with any subject and every grade level, even for test prep. They're experts in the home tutoring and online tutoring field and confident they can help you and your child get better grades today. Call now for your free consultation. 800-693-8290. That's 800-693-8290. Rick Tittle knows his sports. I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch. All right, thanks for that. And uh, coming up in the next hour, actually, uh, Bruce Marshall will join us, talk a little hockey. Uh, we'll also have in the third hour the author of a new book called Punk Women and uh, director of the documentary Rebel Hearts will have as well. Joining me after the break is Mark Mulder. Mark Mulder, a uh, fantastic uh, all-star pitcher back in the day. And I think, I wasn't going to bring it up, but I am. One of the things about... America that really sucks these days is that if you don't agree with someone with their politics or their religion or whatever, then they're canceled or I want nothing to do with them. And the cool thing is, is that that's absolutely your uh, privilege, your prerogative, whatever. If you don't want to hear from somebody, you don't want to hear from somebody. But... (laughs) A lot of people getting back to me that they're not going to listen today because they don't like Mark Mulder's politics and they're just going to take a hard pass on the entire three hours today because I have Mark Mulder on and how could I do that, Rick? How can you? And all I have to say is just shut up. It's my show. I'm talking sports. I don't give a damn what his politics are unless he's some sort of child molesting Nazi. Do I agree with his politics? I don't even really know what they are. I know he's really conservative, so I probably don't agree with him. But uh, this is why this is why America is such hard uh, place right now, is because if you don't agree with someone, then they're a useless piece of garbage, and they're not worth talking to. Sorry, you don't agree with me. It's just it's so. It's not even high school. It's like it's so third grade. It's like a person is absolutely useless unless they agree with you. Uh, and as I said, uh, Mark Mulder's politics, I don't agree with a lot of it. <laughs> I really don't. We are on opposite ends. But he was a great pitcher. He was a good broadcaster. And we're going to talk some sports. He's not a piece of garbage. He's a father. He's got kids. And uh, I just think we're so quick now that if someone doesn't believe what you think, then they're an evil, horrible person. And, you know, you can think whatever you want. But uh, like I said, there are people who are useless um, but uh, because someone disagrees with you politically does not make them that. Not in my book, anyway. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back. 
Finding your own home is awesome, but it's also a lot of work. The good news? Finding help for your projects is easier than ever. Introducing Angie, the app that puts all your home care needs at your fingertips. Need a pro to fix that emergency leak? Maybe find someone to build a deck or even set your seasonal tasks on autopilot. Angie can handle all that and more. Expert pros, hundreds of home projects, clear pricing, and the easiest way to book and pay in seconds. This is Angie, your home for everything home. Download the app today. Attention to anyone that's written a book or wants to write a book. The process is not that complicated. Take a first step. Even if you write a page a day, you'll build momentum and your book will become a reality. The hard part is getting it published. That's when you need to call Page Publishing. They've got hundreds and hundreds of thank yous from different new authors just like you. They make the process of publishing your new book and getting it sold online a simple process. You can learn how simple it is right now by calling for your free page publishing new author submission kit one quick three-minute phone call that's all it takes to get free information and learn how you can get your book published pick up your phone right now and call us 24 hours a day at this number 800-603-0885 800-603-0885 that's 800-603-0885 My doctor prescribed me Viagra. It wasn't covered by my insurance, so it was costing me like $65 a pill. That's expensive. Over 20 million guys like us use Viagra. Over a certain age, we just need it. I found a way to pay less than $3 a pill and get virtually the same effect of the $65 pill. I heard an ad just like this on the radio called, and for $99, I got 40 generic versions of the $65 pill. Save yourself money and call right now and get over 40 pills for $99. There's no embarrassment here to use Viagra. If we're over 50, we need it, but not at high prices. Call now with your credit card and get the 40 pill special for just $99. That's 800-399-3691. It's baseball season and you're ready to go all out. So you ordered the essentials to make game day a success, like a jersey, a power recliner, and a bigger screen. And you used your Bank of America customized cash rewards credit card, choosing to earn 3% cash back on online shopping. Rewards that you put toward an essential piece of the celebration, an air horn. Apply for yours at bankofamerica.com slash more rewarding. Copyright 2021, Bank of America Corporation. Hour two of titillating sports. You thought it couldn't get any better, but it's better. Rick Tittle is back. He's so great. I can't believe how awesome he is. More sports talk, yes. Couldn't get any better, but it's better. Rick Tittle is back. He's so great. I can't believe how awesome he is. More sports talk, yes. Hour two of titillating sports. Hey! Check out Channel 9. Check out Rick All right. Thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show former all-star pitcher uh, with the A's and the Cardinals, Mark Mulder. And he's here to talk about his participation in the uh, annual uh, golf tourney up there in uh, Edgewood in July at Tahoe, the American Century Golf Championship 
And Mark, I'm sure you've been asked this many times before. Um, if you had dedicated yourself and your athletic ability to golf, do you think you would be up there in a in a world top ten, or is uh, do you do you ever think about things like that? Uh, to be honest, uh, no, I, I really don't think about that much. Um, you know, for me, golf was just always something that I played maybe five, ten times as a kid uh, in the summertime. My dad didn't really play much. I had a few buddies that played, so I would tag along with them from time to time, and uh, it was just always my outlet then once I got into baseball. I, I played a little bit in high school, didn't play much at all in college, and then once I got into pro ball, obviously with the A's having spring training in Arizona and me spending the off seasons October through February you know, in Arizona, that's when I really started to love it. And, you know, we'd go to the complex, work out at eight in the morning with the A's and by, you know, 11, 30, 12 o'clock, a bunch of group of us were teeing off. So that was always uh, just kind of how my, my passion for it started. And then obviously once the season started, you know, we played a few times a month on the road and it was just a way to get away, you know, off day, whatever it was, it, uh, it was fun. You know, it's interesting because, I remember like when I was in college and these they'd have these celebrity things and it was always Rick Roden, the old Pirates yeah. Yankee. He was always the guy. And so and now it's you. What is it about pitchers that is it the off days where you get to golf or what is it? No, I think to be fair, I mean if you think about it, there's very few things in sports where nothing can happen until you do it. Mm. Whether it's shooting a free throw, whether it's um I don't know, throwing a pitch, hitting a golf ball. There's you know, everything else is a reaction. Hmm. You know, these, these aren't. I, and I think the, the mental side, the cerebralness of, of this type of stuff, it's a, it's a mental grind. I mean, you, have, you see the, the people who have the golf issues, the throwing issues, the, what, the free throw issues, whatever it might be. It's definitely something where your mind can overtake something. And I just think as a pitcher, you know, it's a very similar type thing. And I think it's, uh, you know, that's what makes it so attractive to so many pitchers, I guess. We know that there's a uh, crackdown, if you like, on something that have been supposed to be illegal, and that substances to create spin rate. And of course, with all this new technology we have, or we can, you know, suss out the spin rate of pitchers. And you know, we've seen pitchers like Tyler Glasnow saying this is detrimental. Uh, where do you sit on the 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 crackdown? And and honestly, how much did you rely on any type of substance or not when you pitched? Um, I didn't use anything other than licking my fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had a sign, I want to say this was probably my second or third year. I put a bunch of bullfrog sunscreen on my hand and put a bunch of rosin on my hand. And I went to go throw a side one day and I hated the way it felt mm-hmm. because it was too dusty. It was too powdery from the rosin. And I never understood why guys were like, oh, it, it'll make it sticky. And, and it never made sense to me. Maybe I did it wrong. Who knows? But the point is, I could just use the sweat on my head or, my jersey, however sweaty I was, or wipe my arm, um, and that was enough for me because you know I do agree with the guys saying these balls when they run, when they're rubbed up they they come out very dusty. Um, so yeah, there were definitely times where where grip was a thing, but you know the whole spin rate and all that stuff that was before my time. So I never experimented with what any sort of a substance could do as far as making my pitch better. I was so stupid to be honest with you. I thought because I had a power sinker. I thought that was because I had such high spin. Once spin became a thing, we'll come to find out that's the complete opposite. So, <laughs> on that. so um, I'm, I'm a little indifferent to it. You know, I mean, the hitters are using five, four or five, di- five different things 
for their advantage, you know, they want to hold on to a bat. Um, I do understand pitchers want to hold on to a ball. Um, now, like I said, that the spin rate and what that does to make the pitcher better, okay, I can understand how that's wrong. But, um, you know, maybe that pine tar, maybe that batter holding on to that bat just a little too well, maybe that's an advantage for him. So uh, there's, there's just a lot to it. And to be fair, I, I don't know if I see it either way because at this point in my life with the ages of my kids and as busy as I am, I'm not exactly watching a ton of baseball to begin with. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm a little – little indifferent, but I also want guys to be safe out there if pitchers aren't able to hold on to those balls as hard as they're throwing it now. A couple more questions from Mark Mulder, and uh, he'll be at the American Century Golf Championship at Edgewood uh, next month. When you were drafted second overall by the A's out of Michigan State, it was you know Pat Burrell and then you. I, your minor leagues, uh, I mean, it was a blink. You got fast-tracked, and when they called you up, the ERA was over five. The next year, you know, we won like 21 games or whatever it was. What, 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 what did you know you were being fast tracked at the time? And, and did you think to yourself, geez, I'm being rushed? Or did you think, hey, man, I'm ready to go. Let's go to the bigs? Um, well, looking back, well, at, okay, I'll tell you, at that moment, no, I didn't exactly think I was being fast-tracked. I thought I deserved it. Mm-hmm. I went to Instructs right after I signed, and I dominated. I went to the Arizona Fall League uh, right away after I was drafted, and I pitched really well against all double-A double and triple-A guys. So them sending me to triple-A at that moment, I was like, yeah, okay, cool. I'm ready for this. The reality is, looking back, is I didn't have a work ethic. I didn't have a routine. I wasn't ready for that because you had taught me that. So when I got to the big leagues that next year, I still wasn't really prepared that way to be a big league pitcher. So that rookie year, I wasn't believing in my stuff. I was just listening to my pitching scouting reports on guys that there I am throwing pitches to guys' weaknesses, but yet they weren't, those pitches weren't my strengths. And the next year, I basically said, screw it, I'm going to pitch my game. I'm going to pitch to my strength. And I don't care if it's that guy's strength. I always that, that's when I started to trust and when I started to believe that my stuff is better than your strength, if that makes sense. So that's when I finally started to have some success when I started to attack guys. My whole rookie year, I pitched so scared. Uh, I was so timid. I, was, I, I, I just wasn't, I wasn't ready mentally, to be honest with you. I wasn't prepared to face those hitters my rookie year, which has had a lot to do with my struggles. And we had a few, uh, self assignment was kind of someone, the, he was a backup journeyman catcher. We had him in Oakland towards the end of my rookie year. I'd made a start in Boston and Sal looked at me and he goes, I don't care about the scouting report. You follow me and let's go. And I, I pitched really well. And it was right before I hurt my back, my rookie year, but we're in Boston. I think I threw six innings. Maybe I, I don't think I gave up a run. If I did, it was just one. But we got through four innings. I hadn't given up a hit, and we had thrown nothing but fastballs. And our pitching coach kind of looks at Sal and goes, hey, we should start mixing some other pitches. And Sal looks at the scoreboard and goes, why? You know what I mean? So that was a very – that was a big moment for me to, to realize that, hey, let's go with your strength because I had a good sinker and I got a lot of ground balls. So, you know, let's not try to trick these guys, you know, throw into their weaknesses. And so that's where things really changed for me and I kind of ran with it from that point on. Very cool. Last question for you. You know, you were Mr. Complete Game for a while. So 
if you saw Art Howe or Ken Maka like walking out to the mound, did you kind of think like, go away, Skip, I got this? I mean, how how much did you not want to see that bullpen come in? Oh, I the minute I heard like a pop of a glove in the bullpen, <laughs> I was I, I I was serious. But you know, to be fair, to be fair, I always wanted to finish when I started, and I also you know needed to understand at times where someone else coming in was a better option than me at 110, 115 pitches, because sometimes that 90th pitch of a game where you have a lot of base runners, and you might be pitching well, but you're a lot more fatigued on that 90th pitch than there were times where I might have been at 120, and I still had a ton left in the tank. So every game was very different, and you know, obviously they, they can see it sometimes, and the competitor in me, I never wanted to come out. Uh, but when they did start walking out, yes, I was just hoping for a conversation <laughs> as opposed to them getting halfway out and point down to the bullpen. Because uh, that was kind of, no matter whether it's good or bad, it's always a dejecting moment when you're getting taken out of the game. At least that's the way I looked at it. That's Mark Mulder, part of the uh, Big Three when he was in Oakland, and he will be at the 2021 American Century Championship at Edgewood in Tahoe. That will be uh, Friday through Sunday, July 9th through 11th, televised on NBC and NBCSN with special golf channel coverage. The tournament has raised over $5.5 million for national and regional charities, and some of the biggest names in sports and uh, celebrities as well will be there. Mark, thanks for dropping by and talking a little baseball with us. We appreciate it. Hey, you got it, man. Take care. All right. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports Violin. have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now for prices so low we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800 754 45 That's 800-754-4531. Do you need to sell your home? If you've sold a home before, you remember how stressful and expensive it was. Sold.com is here to help you sell your home for the most money and with the least amount of stress. There are new ways to sell your home that you've never heard of before. Did you know there are companies who will offer you cash for your home? Did you know you could trade in your home for a new one? Did you know there are realtors who will sell your home for a flat fee instead of an expensive commission? It's true. Sold.com services are free. So if you're looking to sell, make this free phone call right now and learn how your next home sale can be faster and easier than you ever thought possible. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 
Again, that's 800-449-1759. Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right, free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and the annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800-760-1845. 800-760-1845. 800-760-1845. That's 800-760-1845. Now you see that evil will always triumph. Because good is dumb. always goes commando. All right. Thank you for that. And welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you. 1-800-878-PLAY. Coming up in the next segment, we will have uh, Bruce Marshall from the uh, Gold Sheet. And we'll talk a little hockey. But first, I want to tell you to rise up and win. What does that mean? Well, let me tell you. Celebrate victorious pop culture characters with premium and exclusive collectibles and gear in July's Loot Crate DX-themed Rise Up Crate. Unbox a crate filled with officially licensed and exclusive collectibles, items, and wearable goods from Transformers, Wizarding World, Alita Battle Angel, Planet of the Apes, and G.I. Joe. Your pop culture fandom will transform into the coolest collection of exclusive items, starting with an officially licensed 5-inch Optimus Prime PVC and ABS figure with three points of articulation. Lead the Autobots to victory with this exclusive you can only find from Loot Crate. Also included in July's Rise Up DX Crate is an exclusive wearable hoodie from Wizarding World. There are even more exclusive items from Alita Battle Angel, Planet of the Apes, and G.I. Joe waiting to greet you, and stay tuned for your chance to win one from Loot Crate. All right. Uh, yesterday, news was made in, um, well, you could say it's NFL news, you can say it's sports news, American news, world news, because it hit all of those outlets, and that's because Carl Nassib, a defensive end for the Raiders, uh, came out. And he had a little social media video where he said, hey, just want to let everybody know I'm gay and I've been meaning to do this for a while and I feel comfortable enough to get it off my chest. I really have the best life. I've got the best family, friends, and a job a guy could ask for. 
Um, I'm a private person, so I hope you guys know I'm not really doing this for attention. I just think that representation and visibility are so important. I actually hope that one day videos like this and the whole coming out process are just not necessary. But until then, I'm going to do my best to do my part to cultivate a culture that's accepting, that's compassionate. <clears throat> and then he also announced that he'll be giving $100,000, a donation to a Trevor, uh, to the Trevor Project, a suicide prevention organization um, designed for the LGBTQ youth. And so, um, look, I think uh, anyone, I, I always feel like it's, if people are happy, the world is going to be a better place. And that's why, you know, if, if people love each other, I feel like the world's going to be better. You know what I mean? If people are uh, alone and miserable or they're together and miserable, that misery is going to be, uh, you know, put out there in other ways. So if somebody um, wants to uh, be their, their true self and whatever that is, then I feel like they're going to be happier people. So I'm all for people being happy. And he looked very happy making the announcement. And Nassib was a guy the Raiders brought in a couple of years ago. He was a big guy, and I remember he was a great player at Penn State. And so I was kind of glad the Raiders got him just as a player. Um, he didn't really contribute as much as I thought he would. He had a nice interception in one game. Um, but I thought, eh, he's a decent piece. I thought, I thought maybe they had overpaid a little bit for him. But, um, you know, I thought he was a decent player. Other than that, I didn't really think about him too much. But um, some of you might say, well, I thought Michael Sam was the first NFL player. Well, Michael Sam was the first openly gay player drafted. And remember, he uh, during the draft, that he kissed his boyfriend when he was selected. But Michael Sam, after he was picked by uh, Jeff Fisher and the St. Louis Rams, never played in one game. Now, we've had players, a couple dozen players come out after. Um, but this is the first guy who's, who's playing right now. And um, in today's world, no matter what you think, and hopefully everybody just thinks not much about it, mostly because I've just I've never understood my whole life why people are so fascinated with personal choices like religion or, you know, I don't know how it affects you, you know, or the teams you root for or, like I said, the politics. I'm going to vote for that person. Well, you're a scumbag. Okay, why? Because they don't believe this and they don't believe that. It's just everyone loves to sit in judgment of everyone else. And there are times, I think if you're hurting people, then yes, we should sit in judgment of them. But um, anyway, Carl Nassib, um, uh, for the gay community, this is huge. You know, for me, it's not that huge because, you know, I'm not gay. But for the gay community, this is a really big thing. And the Las Vegas Raiders on their Twitter put proud of you, Carl, with a black heart. Um, just because they're the Raiders, not because they're saying we are black-hearted. Uh, the NFL themselves, who, by the way, their little um, symbol, their their Twitter um, avatar, I guess you call it, is the NFL shield in rainbow because it is June. 
And um, they they uh, tweeted out, the NFL pram- family is proud of you, Carl, with a red heart. Saquon Barkley, who is another Penn State guy, he tweeted out, much respect, Brudda, B-U-D-D-A, with a fist. Jillian Edelman, who's uh, from the Bay Area, he wrote, awesome movement, spreading the love to the At Trevor Project, very classy move. Michael Sam chimed in. Carl Nassib, thank you for owning your truth and especially your donation to the Trevor Project. LBGTQ people are more likely to commit suicide than heterosexuals. I hope you, I hope and pray people will take note to this. Thank you again, Carl, and look forward to seeing you play on the field. Michael Sam, by the way, the thing that I remember about him the most was after that Star Wars movie, he said, wow, Han Solo died in a tweet. And everybody was like, you son of a... And then he wrote, ha, 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 get a life or something. He like doubled down on being a D. <laughs> I, don't care. I don't care what your heritage is or what your sexual orientation is. That was such a lame move. James Franklin, the head coach at Penn State, he tweeted out, I was proud of Carl when he led the nation in sacks, but I'm even more proud of him now. I am very proud of Carl for his courage and voice. This announcement doesn't surprise me because if you know Carl, you know his strength. Carl's story continues to add chapters, which will have an impact way beyond the field of play. Warren Moon, friend of Byline, says, Really proud of Carl Nassib, the first active football player to ever do so. I played with several guys who were never comfortable enough to go public. They were great teammates and obviously very talented. Sean Merriman, one of the craziest defensive ends ever. The lights out dance. He said, congrats to Carl Nassib on coming out. That is a big step. I think that most players are concerned if you can play or not. I remember taking a sociology of sport class from Dr. Harry Edwards at Cal in 87, and he said there are so many gay players in the NFL, but they can't come out. And he said just because if you look at the numbers of the general population and transfer it to football, and I don't, that isn't apples and oranges kind of things, but yeah, we knew that uh, there had to be some, but it was too macho. And then his uh, high school, Malvern Prep, Tweeted out, Malvern Prep stands with Carl, proud of our alumnus today more than ever. And Billie Jean King, another friend of Byline, the, she tweeted, the ability to live an authentic life is so important. Sending love and support to Carl Nassib of the At Raiders, who has bravely made history as the first active NFL player to come out. He has also donated $100,000 to Trevor Project. Representation and visibility matter. John Gruden was asked about him coming out gay, and John Gruden said, I learned a long time ago that what makes a man different is what makes him great. Okay, I guess that's uh, one way to uh, look at it. But uh, as I said, I'm at the point now where I kind of thought other guys had already come out, and they hadn't because it's uh, it's very uh, normalized to me, and hopefully someday it won't be such a, such a shocker. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break, talk a little hockey on the other side.
miles on the road with O'Reilly Auto Parts. A clean fuel system means better gas mileage for your car. Right now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, get two bottles of Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner for $8. Plus, earn double O Rewards points. For a clean, lubricated, more fuel-efficient system, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Have you written a book? You can become a published author with Dorrance Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly a 100 years to bring their book to the market. Our professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, our authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books, like Amazon and -and brick-and-mortar bookstores. So make this free call right now to claim your your free author's guide to publishing. Don't wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author and seeing your name in print. You've already written a book, so the next thing to do is make this free call right now to Dorn's Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. 800-485-6003. 800-485-6003. That's 800-485-6003. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time. Time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-215-6812. 800-215-6812. That's 800-215-6812. Having your own home is awesome, but it's also a lot of work. The good news? Finding help for your projects is easier than ever. Introducing Angie, the app that puts all your home care needs at your fingertips. Need a pro to fix that emergency leak? Maybe find someone to build a deck or even set your seasonal tasks on autopilot. Angie can handle all that and more. Expert pros, hundreds of home projects, clear pricing, and the easiest way to book and pay in seconds. This is Angie, your home for everything home. Download the app today as Gotch brings it in. Sharks get it out. Here's a breakaway. Patrick Marlowe scores! cares about anything else when you've got Rick Tittle on the radio. Hey, thanks for that. And uh, Tuesday, great to check in with Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet down in Vegas uh, for all your uh, betting and prognostication breakdowns. Bruce has already got it 
going on at the Gold Sheet, but uh, we always like to check in and talk a little NHL on a weekly basis. And uh, Bruce, uh, obviously at uh, two games apiece, we were wondering what was going to happen between the aisles and uh, the Bolts and uh, eight to nothing at the Amelie Arena. Uh, Vasilevsky uh, with another uh, shutout. Uh, Steven Stamkos, uh, two goals. And uh, this really is one uh, that when they go back to Uniondale on, I guess it's Wednesday night for game six, uh, what? how is Barry Trotz going to respond to this? Because obviously you want to just pretend like it never happened. I think, Rick, it might be easier said than done to get that sort of a spanking like that. Uh, he used both of his goalies, too, and neither of them stopped many shots. So that one thing he hasn't had a problem with in the playoffs is, is defense mostly, but it all sort of fell apart last night. Um, knowing pro sports and the way these things work, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Islanders uh, circle the wagons. It also could be the last game in the Nassau Coliseum. Uh, so it'll be emotional. I don't think it'll be 8 nothing. But what I think, you know, Game 5, underlined again, we've talked about this at times, Rick, um, is Tampa Bay can do it a couple of different ways. Uh, and under, and while, you know, Stamkos, now Kucherov's back, and, and some of the, uh, uh, you know, the ice guys on the ice like Hedman get a, a lot of, Braden Point, get a lot of, a lot of attention, as they should. This is this can be a really good defensive team when the the mood strikes like it was last night. You've got the great goalie in Vasilevsky. They shut down the Islanders. They've done that. Oftentimes in the past, they can beat you in varieties of different ways. This also reminded a little bit last night of that uh, route they had over the Bruins in the bubble last uh, last summer, and uh, Boston never recovered from that. Uh, I, I don't think we'll see the Islanders go away uh, in Game Six, but it, I think the low-scoring game, Tampa Bay probably wins and wraps this thing up. Well, you think about two years ago when Tampa Bay got swept in the first round by Columbus. Since then, they have sent an NHL record by uh, winning uh, 13 straight games after a loss in the playoffs. So their resiliency is there. Now, going back to the Isles, and I mentioned Barry Trotz, he basically said, if this doesn't motivate us, then nothing will so do you think that there's going to be a Game 7 back in Tampa? I think not, although I, I don't think the Game 6 is going to be anything like Game 5. I think it'll be close. Um, but for the most part in this series, though, the, the Islanders have had trouble scoring goals. I mean, they had that little flurry in Game 3, uh, Game 4, I'm sorry, in that short span in the second period. And aside from that, you know, they, they just haven't been able to solve Tampa Bay too much. Even the first game they won, game one was 2-1. to one. They're, not, they're not scoring a lot of goals. So, and, I, and Trotz can try all he wants here. I'm just not sure, and I, and I have him in the highest regard. But there's only so much you can do against this Tampa Bay team playing the way it is right now. So they'll, they'll lock it down and play it tight, but I'm calling it 3-2 for the lightning to wrap this thing up in game six now speaking of little flurry do you think he's going to be in between the pipes tonight for the knights and the canadians because robin laner once again who the fans seem to hate was excellent on sunday night so what happens with this 2-2 series i think DeBoer's going to stick with leonard though i have not seen anything official come out yet um maybe i should double check that uh but uh this is sort of the difference between uh, DeBoer 
and Gerard Gallant, who preceded him in Vegas and now is with the Rangers. Um, DeBoer is much more likely to make a change like this, and he did that in the bubble last year. He kind of rode Leonard most of the way, which did not sit well with the fan base or with Fleury or with his agent, Alan Walsh. Uh, but, um, you know, Leonard played well in uh, game four and actually saved Vegas on a couple of occasions. If Montreal got pushed that lead to 2 nothing, which it almost did a couple of times, the Canadians were going to win that game. Um, he's uh, Fleury is not did not look that great the last couple of games. So I, I think uh, I, th- I think he would go back to Leonard. Um, that gaff that Fleury had late in regulation at game three, uh, you know, that that had something to do with it too. Uh, having said all of this, DeBoer is his own thinker here, and he may well go back to Fleury. My gut feel is though he'll stick with Leonard in game five. Yeah, and even if you check, you probably can't find out because if DeBoer is like he was in San Jose, he doesn't, say anything until basically they drop the puck. Like, we never knew who the yeah. lineup <laughs> He likes to play his cards close to the vest. A couple more questions for Bruce Marshall of the Gold Sheet. Some things that uh, we tend to forget is, is especially w- when you get over 40 and 50, is just how young these guys are. And you kind of think that uh, they, they put uh, some of the criticism aside. But Lehner uh, came out and said... Uh, I sat for two hours before the game and watched you guys talk crap about me on Twitter, and uh, it gets me motivated. I've been putting up some good numbers, and people act like I'm not very good, especially in my own town, but I have a lot of support from my team, my teammates, and my coaches, which is interesting because most guys, even if they're Lions, say, yeah, I don't even look at that stuff. And Leonard is saying, no, 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 you guys talk crap about me, and that helped me. (laughs) Yeah, that that was interesting, Rick. Although, you know, he uh, he got also a lot of it. Remember, the board did go with Leonard in game one of the Avalanche series, and that's the game the Golden Knights got blown out 7-1, to one, and he just left him out there because I think at that point, you know, Fleury had just worked every game of a long seven-game series versus Minnesota. He needed a little break, and Leonard didn't step up. So the, I, the Leonard criticism, which had been subsi- had subsided mostly. Fleury's a very popular guy in Vegas, so last year there were a lot of fans didn't like seeing him get benched in the playoffs. But the anti-Leonard sentiment really ramped up in the after the Colorado game one. Um, but you know, for the most part this year, I mean, Leonard was out for a while too. It's Fleury's been the guy in goal for most of this year, so he's got a lot of support in town here. But it's interesting, like you say, yeah, Leonard used that to his uh, advantage, I guess, and he did play pretty darn well in game four. You know, uh, Barry Trotz was upset a couple days ago because there were seven men on the ice and it's not a reviewable play, and he said a goal never should have counted. Uh, It's interesting because I remember with the Sharks run a couple years ago, um, they got a great break when uh, Gabriel Landestog and the Lanch had his skate right on the ice right before he was coming off, which they did review. Um, and uh, for an offside, and then they had another uh, time where a, a Timo Meyer slapped a puck out of the air, and they said that's not reviewable. There are some weird things that you can review and not review, but do you think too many men on the ice should now be reviewable if they had seven guys out there? I have, in that case, yeah, probably. Um, I, I think it probably should, although it, that that's always a... Uh, uh, tough one to interpret, you know, with guys coming on and off the ice and things like that. But yeah, because normally, Rick, what it takes 
to get something I looked at and, and, and on the road to change is some glaring error like that. Uh, witnessed the Saints and the Rams, the NFC title game a couple of years ago, and the pass interference thing. I mean, it, things happen like that, and you and you start to change the way you look at the things, and that might be the impetus to take another look at the too many men on the ice thing. Speaking of Vegas, their former coach, Gerard Gallant, since last we spoke, he's going to be taking over at Madison Square Garden. And, of course, the Rangers had a house cleaning. They got rid of Quinn, the head coach, Gorton, the GM, John Davidson, the team president. They're all out. Chris Drury uh, has come back. Um, Gallant is a guy who I got to see a lot in the playoffs, and I always felt like he was one of those guys that would uh, give you a big smile while he punched you in the face. He he's always seemed like kind of a loose cannon, but he's also been an NHL coach of the year. So I I just don't see that as a great fit in New York where they're just constantly breathing down your neck. But I don't know. What do you think of that hire? Well, he might scare all the writers there. So that might be one thing. <laughs> That's possible. I'm Well, I'm wondering a bit. I, I didn't think Quinn did all that bad a job, but I know they cleaned up. They, the Rangers have some organizational things they've got to iron out. And so starting from scratch, you know, whatever. What I do know, um, he's coming in. This is not like taking over an expansion team. They expect to be at the playoffs next year. And that's, that's, the, that's the immediate uh, edict. And he, there's, so there's some pressure on the line. The Rangers are going to be expected to make the playoffs. And if they don't, I don't know how long this thing lasts for him. So he's under immediate pressure there. Having said that, they're not that far away. Um, and this season was a little disrupted at times. Rangers are good this season, uh, but you know, the Panarin's absence that hurt them and some inconsistencies down the stretch. And they never quite made that push into the playoffs. They're not that far away, but they've made this higher with full expectation that they're going to con- contend and compete right away. So there is pressure on Gallant like he didn't have in Vegas at first year. The uh, last question for you, the players association put out a, their annual poll of who's the most complete player and uh, all the players voted, and uh, Sidney Crosby and Patrice Bergeron tied at exactly 23.78% of the vote. So I'm going to give it to you as the tiebreaker. Who's the most complete player between the Penguin and the Bruin? I'm going to opt a little bit for Bergeron right now. A couple of years ago, I might have said Sid, um, but I think Bergeron, just the way you know, both ends of the ice, um, he's, uh, uh, you know, he's, uh, he does everything. He's still as productive as ever. I know Sid is great too. Um, Bergeron almost won another, uh, Selkie too. I mean, he's, he's still doing it both ends of the ice. So by me, I'd probably vote for Bergeron though. If I had a vote in this thing and I was an NHL player, I might still say Victor Hedman. That would be my vote. But, uh, anyway, Bergeron's okay by me. Yeah, you talk about the Selkie and the forechecking. I mean, Bergeron definitely is the is the king of that. All right, so the gold sheet. What's going on, Bruce? Yeah, man, it's still here. We are mid June, late June. They're still playing basketball. We're still playing hockey, baseball, soccer, all of it. We're still doing our NBA hoops, uh, gold sheet hoops every day. As long as they're playing the NBA playoffs, that publication we write those games up every day. Picks basketball, hockey, baseball, and soccer in the Euros. All at goldsheet.com. My picture there. They're also at Vegas Insider and donbest.com. Yeah, how about my Danes after the Erickson thing, losing their first two games, getting through 4-1 yesterday against Russia. They'll now face Wales. I mean, it's starting to get pretty mouthwatering, and we got a big game coming up here with England right at noon. I mean, it's uh, it's getting good, Bruce. 
It is, and I would keep an eye on Denmark here. They're playing with a higher purpose right now, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them make a run in the knockout phase. We'll see, Rick. Bruce Marshall, goldsheet.com. Bruce, great catching up with you. I know you're going to be taking a little time off, so uh, we'll talk to you uh, when you get back, buddy. A couple weeks, man. Have a good time. Thank you, Rick. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. Come on back on SportsBot. Make your home look great and save money. Right now, when you call Renewal by Anderson, you can buy four windows and get the fifth one free. Plus, you get 12 months with no interest, no money down, and no payments. Upgrade your home. Buy four windows and get the fifth one free. Installation and warranty are even included. And the Renewal by Anderson certified retailers take every safety precaution to protect you and your family. Hey, for 25 years, people have trusted. At Renewal by Anderson for their window replacement needs, and you can too. So call right now. Don't wait. Learn how to get your free window when you buy four. 800 413 6992. 800 413 6992. That's 800 413 6992. Interest accrues from date of purchase, but is waived if paid in full within 12 months. Other conditions apply. We've adjusted our operations to serve you safely following all CDC guidelines. Visit renewalbyanderson.com for details. Attention timeshare owners. This is an urgent consumer alert from the Timeshare Exit Hotline, a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get out of their expensive timeshare contracts. We're offering you a way to legally get rid of your timeshare. So if you're fed up with the maintenance fees that keep on coming and want to learn if you can terminate your timeshare legally and permanently, call today. Even if you've tried before and were unsuccessful in getting rid of your timeshare, call today and see if we can help. We offer a complete 100% unconditional client satisfaction guarantee. Make this completely free call and learn how we can help you legally put an end to your timeshare nightmare once and for all. You have nothing to lose, so call right now to qualify and receive a free consultation. 800-880-7167. 800-880-7167. That's 800-880-7167. Paid for by Airtime Media. Are you 60 plus and love to travel? Introducing the Senior Travel Discount Network, brought to you by Low Cost Airlines. Call us anytime, day or night, and save up to 75% on your airline and hotel reservations. We can help you save a ton of money to fly almost anywhere. We have inside discounts on over 500 airlines and 500,000 hotels worldwide. And when you call and mention the discount code 60 plus, we'll give you an extra free night with your qualified air and hotel reservation. Now you can get the best prices on air and hotel reservations with your phone. We make it easy and fast for you to save money and book a trip. Remember, call the Senior Travel Discount Network. Mention the discount code 60 plus for your free hotel night with your qualified reservation. Call now. 800-493-6118. 800-493-6118. That's 800-493-6118. You're so ugly, you could be a modern art masterpiece. 
I'm 33% sure Rick Tittle is the father of my child, but I'm 100% sure Rick Tittle is a jackass. Uh, thank you for that. And uh, welcome back to the show. And uh, in my uh, time off, uh, did a little driving, some 2,500 miles worth, uh, 47 hours behind the wheel. And uh, Nevada, Idaho, Wyoming, and uh, Utah. But the reason I bring it up is on a sports angle, I was asked to throw out the first pitch at a Pioneer League baseball game. And I said, uh, is your national anthem, is somebody going to sing it, or is it just a recording? And they said, it's just a recording. And I'm like, well, I've done first pitches. Can I sing the national anthem? But I don't want to take it away from somebody who thought they were going to do it. And they're like, no, 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 there's nobody. If you want to do that, for sure. And then I realized, oh, my gosh, be careful what you wish for, because what if I forget the words? Now, when you hear a song a million times, unless it's happy birthday to you, but I started picturing it in my head. Francis Scott Key on the prison ship looking out, oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light? What so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight were so gallantly streaming. Right? I thought if I get to that um, and the rocket's red glare, the rest would take care of itself. And uh, about 3,500 people at this game, which was a lot more than I thought. <laughs> but I, uh, I didn't mess up. <clears throat> and that's the thing. This show, I can mess up and be like, oh, I messed up. When you mess up that, there's only one right way to do it. And if you get it wrong, people will be enraged because you screwed up something sacred. So be careful what you wish for. It might make you a little nervous. And right, I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. Come on back. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Facing a recall, embattled Democrat Governor Gavin Newsom says California will pay off all the past due rent that accumulated from the coronavirus pandemic. Originally, 80% would be paid by lawmakers. Russ Heimrich with Business Consumer Services and Housing Agency on Fox 11 in Los Angeles. Within the next day or so, we may hear an announcement that it is going up to 100%, in which case landlords will get 100% of the rent they're owed or tenants whose landlords decide not to participate, will get the 100%. Left unsettled is whether California will continue to ban evictions for unpaid rent beyond June 30th. A federal judge dismissed most of the claims by activists and civil liberties groups who accused the Trump administration of violating the civil rights of protesters who were forcibly removed by police at a church near the White House last year. U.S. District Judge Dabney Friedrich said Monday the claims in the suit were speculative. USA Radio News. Deb's constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating kept giving her grief. She talked to her doctor to get some relief. Turns out Deb had irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBS-C, which was a start. Saying yes to Linzess helped her do her part. 
Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription medicine that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort, and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination, not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Talk to a doctor today. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at Linzess.com or call 1-800-L-I-N-Z-E-S-S. Sponsored by Avian Ironwood Pharmaceuticals. The city of New York has broken its contract with President Trump, leaving the Big Apple on the hook for millions of dollars of lost revenue. Dan Naraki with the Ohio USA Radio News Bureau reports. The Trump Organization has sued New York City after the city ended its contract for a golf course at Ferry Point Park. The city terminated the contract following the January 6th riots at the Capitol, alleging that former President Trump incited the riot and was therefore in violation of the contract. The company had operated the course located in the Bronx since 2015. In the lawsuit, the Trump Organization argued that New York Mayor Bill de Blasio has a pre-existing political bias against the former president and used the events of January 6th as a pretext to terminate Trump-related contracts. A Florida woman reportedly withdrew $20 from an ATM and was stunned to discover her account boasted a jaw-dropping balance of nearly $1 billion. She says she's not able to return the money because she can't get a real person to talk to on the phone. Julia Yankowski of Largo near Tampa has a Chase bank account. USA Radio News. Look, bud, I said your money or your life. I'm thinking it over. The Great Gildersleeve. <laughs> yeah. The new Edgar Bergenauer with Charlie McCarthy. Ah, if you help me, I'll mow you down. Three hours a day, seven days a week of the greatest radio shows of all time. Classic radio theater. Available on many of these radio stations or available on demand anytime at any podcast app by searching USA Classic Radio Theater. USA Classic Radio Theater. This day in history. Flash, 1933. Adolf Hitler bans political parties in Germany other than the Nazis. Flash, 1941. Under the codename Barbarossa, Germany invades the Soviet Union. Flash, 1942. A Japanese submarine bombs Fort Stevens at the mouth of the Columbia River, northwest of Portland, Oregon. Flash, 1938. Clinch and rope round is back against the ropes again. They're not too close to the ropes. Lewis out, and Lewis missed with a left swing, but in close, brought up a hard right over right to the jaw. And again, a right to the body, a left hook, a right to the head, a left to the head, a right. Snailing is going down. Body held to his feet, held to the ropes, looked to his corner in helplessness, and Snailing is down. Snailing is down. The count is four. And he's up, and Lewis, right and left to the head, a left to the jaw, a right to the head, and Donovan is watching carefully. Lewis measured him, right to the body, a left up to the jaw, and Schmeling is down. The count is five, five, six, seven, eight. The men are in the ring. The fight is over on a technical knockout. Max Schmeling is beaten in one round. Joe Lewis and Max Schmeling meet for the second time in the boxing ring. Schmeling had won the first fight. The fight was held at Yankee Stadium before a crowd of 70,000 people. I'm Lance Pry, and this is USA Radio News. Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right. 
Call, because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. 855-325-1780. 855-325-1780. That's 855-325-1780. Rick Tittle knows his sports. I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh, my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it. Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch. Hey, thank you for that, and uh, welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you. What you got and what you get. This is why we're all here. We're talking some sports, we're talking some spizzorts, and we're talking a little bit about entertainment world as well. West world. 1-800-878-PLAY is the number to uh, get in. Somebody asked me if I had video on the National Anthem. I do have video, but uh, I'm not going to post that. There are certain things that I definitely post that are... You know, in self-indulgent, there's no doubt about it. Hey, look at me. But not that one. That would be way too much. Hey, look at me. <clears throat> and then somebody told me, well, I was at the game. They said, uh, jazz, huh? I went, what? I go, I did a little Bill Murray. I go, what, did I sound like a lounge lizard? And they're like, a little bit. I was like, all right. Well, why don't you sing it next time then, Pavarotti? David Emsminger is going to be joining us on the other side. He has a new documentary called Punk Women, which uh, I'm interested in. We don't get enough of uh, we don't get enough of punk women actually in some of the the great <clears throat> excuse me the great uh, anthology uh, as we look back and some of the great singers and front women and musicians as well. And I'm going to ask him because some people they think that punk is like the Go-Go's and I'm like, uh, no. Now, Deborah Harry, when she was at CBGB back in the day as Blondie, some people thought she was punk. Some people think she was rap. Man from Mars keeps eating cars. I don't know if I'm going to cross those lines, but we'll check it out with David. And then also director Pedro Koss's documentary Rebel Hearts. We have a free segment at the end of the show, though, at 1140. You can get all your calls in at 1-800-878-PLAY. As we salute the American forces, listening to the American Forces Radio Network. Great to have you with us. Uh, and around the world on sportsbyline.com, TuneIn app, iHeartRadio app, Stitcher app, Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle is the Facebook page, whereas you can respond or post, and the Twitter is at Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. Come on back for Hour 3. My doctor prescribed me Viagra. 
It wasn't covered by my insurance, so it was costing me like $65 a pill. That's expensive. Over 20 million guys like us use Viagra. Over a certain age, we just need it. I found a way to pay less than $3 a pill and get virtually the same effect of the $65 pill. I heard an ad just like this on the radio called, and for $99, I got 40 generic versions of the $65 pill. Save yourself money and call right now and get over 40 pills for $99. There's no embarrassment here to use Viagra. If we're over 50, we need it, but not at high prices. Call now with your credit card and get the 40 pill special for just $99. 800-399-3691. That's 800-399-3691. Time for your small business report presented by Dell Small Business. Be sure to create a streamlined set of processes for your staff, something easy to follow and mold without needing over-communication. Assigning regular activities to your staff members will set clear expectations on a weekly and monthly basis, freeing up some strategy and creativity time for you as the business leader. Growing startups often struggle with management, and refining this process will help you scale faster and further. And that's your Dell Small Business Report. It's the perfect season for a powerful business upgrade with Dell Technologies Summer Sale Event. Save up to 45% on secure PCs built for business with Windows 10 Pro. You'll also find great savings on Dell servers, monitors, docks, and other accessories to help boost productivity. Plus, enjoy free shipping on everything. Do more with modern devices and Windows 10 Pro. Call 877-ASK-DELL for a Dell Technologies advisor who can help you find the right tech. That's 877-ASK-DELL for business specials during Dell's Summer Sale Event. Attention to anyone that's written a book or wants to write a book. The process is not that complicated. Take a first step. Even if you write a page a day, you'll build momentum and your book will become a reality. The hard part is getting it published. That's when you need to call Page Publishing. They've got hundreds and hundreds of thank yous from different new authors, just like you. They make the process of publishing your new book and getting it sold online a simple process. You can learn how simple it is right now by calling for your free page publishing new author submission kit one quick three-minute phone call that's all it takes to get free information and learn how you can get your book published pick up your phone right now and call us 24 hours a day at this number 800-603-0885 800-603-0885-800-603-0885 that's 800-603-0885 Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a key so handsome. He's a genius. All right, thank you, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast-to-coast around the globe on American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show author David Ensminger. has a new book called Punk Women, 40 Years of Musicians Who Built Punk Rock, and uh, this is from Microcosm Publishing. David, welcome to the show, and as a guy in his 50s who loves punk rock, I think it's great that uh, you, you wrote this book, and 
You think about the gatekeepers when it comes to keeping women in and out of any business or any entertainment field. How hard was it for women to break through in this field? Well, I think certainly very, very much because, you know, rock and roll had been entirely dominated by a lot of male presence and, you know, male managers and companies run by males and whatever. And then you had this breakthrough with bands like Blondie who show that they could sort of fuse together sort of pop music and punk and disco and sell millions of records, but really stick to their guns in terms of their creativity and vision and intelligence. And then you had women like Joan Jett, who sort of went on, not only was she in the runways and she had a terrific solo career, but then she produced bands and engineered for like the Germs, who were like this sort of breakout hardcore punk band in Los Angeles. And so I think it was always a fight, right? And so not only do they prove that they had this tremendous creativity and this backbone and this resilience, but they also showed that they had this long-term vision, that this was a movement that they helped shape, that they helped make, and they helped provide sort of the, uh, you know, the vigor for. You know, when I think about Joan Jett, you know, I think we think of about with the Runaways and, of course, her solo career, very rock and Debbie Harry, you know, more pop, but Debbie Harry was at CBGB back in the days. What, what yep. was Joan? Because when I, when I first heard about this book, the first person I thought of was Wendy O. Williams with the Plasmatics, and then I yes. thought about I mean, Susie Sue. But for like Chet and Harry, a lot of people would say those those two aren't punk, but their roots going back, they they came through. Yeah, definitely. You know, with Debbie Harry, you know, people say, well, you know, she was also a waitress at a Playboy club, right? And then she was doing stuff at these small clubs before CBGBs, and she had a band and everything. And then she sort of broke through. But there were other women at CBGB as well. And so the basis of Talking Heads, you know, Tina was female. And then you had the Plasmatics. And so that's, that's an amazing story because she sort of, she sort of went between metal and punk. Um, she had sort of performance art aspects where she's running a chainsaw. She's uh, bludgeoning cars and televisions live on TV on programs like Friday, if you remember. And she was also a vegetarian, and then she went on to play shows with Motorhead. And so she really proved that you know, this idea of womanhood was not about long hair and pretty dresses and abiding by men's every wishes. It's about staking your claim in the world, being powerful, uh, independent, self-reliant, and uh, sort of visionary. You know, Wendy O. Williams always fascinated me. I think I was 16 in 1981 when I saw her on SCTV with the Plasmatics. Yep. and. And she looked half dominatrix, half naked. You know, you talk about the chainsaw. <laughs> she's firing off a shotgun. Yep. She just looked plain dangerous. And that, yes. was, that was the whole gambit, right? Yes. And so she's redefining sort of an alternative femininity, right, which is, you know, to just blow up femininity as we know it, uh, you know, with her outfits. And then she's spraying stuff on her boobs. And then she's wearing, you know, scantily clad stuff. But she exuded a kind of power and a kind of thrill, and a kind of danger, and then she was actually beat up. So if you, if you read closely the stories about her gigs and stuff in Milwaukee, she was brutally beaten by the local police. And so she, there was a price to pay for that, for being outside the norm, for sort of forcing boundaries to be blown wide open, and to be who she wanted to be, right? And then other members of her band, if you remember, were like in pink tutus and things like that. And so there was sort of this gender bending that was happening that was way ahead of its time. Do you, it's funny, I had a guy on the other day talking about this uh, Maplethorpe uh, biography he was doing, and mm. we talked about, Pat, does Patti Smith fit in there anywhere? Yes, totally, of course. It is. So she was there, she, she knew the Ramones, she knew Talking Heads, she was playing in 1975, 1976 at the Bowery, she was playing at CBGB, 
her songs like Gloria, people are still love today. And again, she's a gender bender. You know? So if you look at the photographs that Maple Thorpe shot of her, she's not, she's not a hippie child whatsoever. She saw herself as kind of like a female Keith Richards, right? And she's also like an embodiment of like a French visionary poet like Rimbaud. And then she's very much her own thing as well. And so again, it's all these ways of looking at sort of female uh, in a discourse and female imagery and female ways of being in the seventies that went against the grain of what many of us saw in bands like, you know, Jefferson Starship or something or Jefferson Airplane. Yeah. A couple more questions for David Ensminger, the new book, Punk Women. And we're talking about Americans here, but looking overseas, and I know it's even harder sometimes in these more traditional male places, but like, where do you, where do you rank like polystyrene in England and some of those? Oh, singers? I mean, yeah. X-ray specs is way up there. So the male critic, Grill Marcus, said that she once had a voice that could disinfect the toilet. <laughs> so she, she was presenting a kind of voice that was very different. She was also multi-ethnic, if you know her background. Um, she was also dabbled in religion. She um, was singing songs that were addressing directly with like material culture and things like that. Um, she's talking about Woolworths and things like that. And so she's presenting kind of a critique of modern culture in 1976 and 1977. She was one of the few other punks that people like Johnny Rotten from the Sex Pistols took seriously because she was so forceful, she was so out there, and she was so unique. You know, I think in the the later times, too, um, with the girl movement, the the G-R-R-R-R girl movement, you had like the the Kathleen Hannas. uh, Where do you rank them sort of in there? Well, they're, they're total game changers, like in, in the 90s when Bikini Kill came along. You know, and they, women sort of rediscovered the DIY movement. They were putting together fanzines. They were putting together these network of shows. It was on their terms. They were sick of it being a boys' club because it kind of got to be that way with the advent of hardcore and crossover and kind of the intrusion of metal into punk, and they're sort of reclaiming it. But at the same time, you have to remember that our tendency to cover them so much takes the oxygen out of the room and so we forget about all the other thousands of women sort of in the trenches doing their version of punk rock and it might have been like a garage band you know or it might have been a street punk band or it might have been some other type of genre that wasn't riot girl but still just as important yeah it's just i was thinking about you know like sonic youth there was always yeah, that kim girl gordon. that was yeah that was kim gordon out of la uh, i mean uh, that i think about that and she's she goes way back Yes. Yes, and, and, and Sonic Youth is part of that noise scene in New York City at CBGB that we tend to forget about because we always want to think the heyday of punk, right, 76 to 81 or so. But then bands like Sonic Youth came there and they were establishing. There was one out of Detroit called Laughing Hyenas that had a girl on guitarist, Larissa. And so they were making themselves known across the different variations or are sub-genres of punk, right? So we can't erase those people. So those people are in the book as well because we've got to shine a light on them because punk is a huge genre, a big umbrella, so we need to be inclusive. Yeah, and, and you think about good front women too in the 80s with X, with Xene Cervenka. Yep. I mean, she could right. really belt it out. Right, and then she definitely comes from that sort of poetic side of things. So, you know, X kind of had this noir film cinematography kind of aspect of them, right? They're singing about the underbelly of Los Angeles. But, you know, her and John came from other places and stuff, but they crystallized their art together in L.A. and represented something entirely unique by bringing sort of rockabilly into the mix. And she didn't she marry Viggo Mortensen for a while? I mean, she... For a while, yeah, yeah, yeah for a while, yeah, and some <laughs> other people, too. <laughs> <laughs> who, who is maybe, but last question for you, who is, like, maybe the the best punk woman that it just doesn't get her due, and we don't really know about. 
Well, man, that's a, that is a real tough one, I would have to say. I would go back to Polystyrene. There's a brand-new movie out about her, a documentary. But before that, I think you know, X-Ray Specs only put out one major record, and, and I think a lot of people sort of put them on the back burner because of that. But again, she was such a powerful presence that I think it translates well through Bikini Kill in the 90s and even to us today because she's addressing material culture head on. She, and she's also saying identity play things like, I am a cliche, right? And so she, she's directly addressing what it means to be you, an individual, a unique person within pop, mass, and marketed culture. Great stuff. Can't wait to read it. It is called Punk Women, 40 Years of Musicians Who Built Punk Rock by our guest David A. Ensminger, and it's available now from uh, Microcosm Publishing. David, congratulations on the book, and thanks for stopping by, man. Thanks so much for having me. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. Come on back on Byline. Here's an important COVID-19 school system update for your local area. If you're concerned about your child's education, please pay close attention to this message. The current school systems were not set up for at-home learning. If you're worried that your child may not be getting the grades they need to get ahead, may be losing self-confidence, or you're worried about them getting into a good college because of their grades, help is available to you. Call Grade Potential Tutoring. They can help with in-home or online tutoring and help your child with any subject and every grade level, even for test prep. They're experts in the home tutoring and online tutoring field and confident they can help you and your child get better grades today. Call now for your free consultation. 800-693-8290. That's 800-693-8290. You love your dog. Is something bothering him or her and you can't figure out what it is? Maybe they seem slow or lethargic. And maybe they just don't have energy. Wouldn't you like your dog to be living their very best life? PetJoy offers a money-back guarantee on all of its products. If your dog won't eat it or you don't see the results you want, just let us know and we'll make it right. Totally risk-free. What do you have to lose? You can't buy PetJoy multivitamins in a store. The only way you can get them is through this unique radio offer. And if you call right now, learn how to get two bottles free with your order. Turn your dog's life around and make him or her a happy camper. Ain't that right, boy? He said call Pet Joy right now. 800-846-2153. 800-846-2153. 800-846-2153. That's 800-846-2153. Do you need to sell your home? If you've sold a home before, you remember how stressful and expensive it was. Sold.com is here to help you sell your home for the most money and with the least amount of stress. There are new ways to sell your home that you've never heard of before. Did you know there are companies who will offer you cash for your home? Did you know you could trade in your home for a new one? Did you know there are realtors who will sell your home for a flat fee instead of an expensive commission? 
It's true. Sold.com services are free. So if you're looking to sell, make this free phone call right now and learn how your next home sale can be faster and easier than you ever thought possible. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 800-449-1759-800-449-1759-800-449-1759-Again, that's 800-449-1759. It doesn't really matter. I I don't like my job, and uh, I don't think I'm going to go anymore. Tittle thinks there's a direct correlation between dogs and lightning. All right. Thank you for that. And welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you around the world on American Forces Radio Network as well. On uh, June 27th on Discovery Plus and uh, also opening up in theaters a couple days before that at the IFC Center in New York and at the uh, Lemel Theaters in uh, Glendale here in Southern California is a movie called Rebel Hearts. It's a documentary, and we have the director, Pedro Koss, with us right now, and it's a pretty fascinating uh, topic. Uh, Pedro, this is about some uh, nuns, Catholic sisters of the Immaculate Heart of Mary in uh, Los Angeles in the 60s, and of course we know the 60s uh, was uh, you know, the, the time for so much uh, social change. They also had an agenda, and what was that, Pedro? Hi, Rick. Uh, yeah, they're... They were um, they were really trying to be um, part of the world, you know. I think they were really called by actually their um, their faith and their work to be better educators and to be allies in all the social justice movements that were happening at that time. Um, and in the spirit of opening up, um, and you know, and they were called by their faith to do that and. But unfortunately, they met with a, a great deal of resistance from the um, the hierarchy of the the church, especially here in Los Angeles. So um, that led to um, uh, to a conflict and some fireworks. So we know that there are nuns that are cloistered and pray all day, and we know that there are some that are in the convent that are attached to a local parish. What what were the uh, these nuns? What were they fighting for? Yeah, so these nuns were not cloistered. The Immaculate Heart Sisters at that time, they were really fighting for um, greater autonomy. One of the things um, that is they wanted more say in how they went about their daily lives, so they could be better teachers, so they could better serve their communities. And, you know, one of the, th- one of the examples that is prominent is that they um, stopped wearing the habit um, they wanted to individualize prayer schedules. They wanted to be able to choose what career paths that they that they went in. All these different things, so that could you know really live to their um, you know to their utmost potential. Um, so they were 
you know, in a way they're fighting for these greater freedoms so they could be, um, you know, live up to their biggest potential. So that's what they're really fighting for. And also really living out their faith, you know, they're, you know, they're really called to, um, to, to minister to those more marginalized, to the neediest in, in society. Um, and in, in order to do that, I think they, they needed to break a lot of these barriers that um, those antiquated rules was, were holding them back. Now, I'm, uh, I grew up Catholic, and, and I knew plenty of people, as you probably did too, who were former nuns or former priests, and so I'm sure like a uh, uh, you know, devil's advocate would say, well, you know, why, don't, why don't you just leave? You were the one that took the vows of uh, poverty and o- obedience, and if you don't like it, why don't you just leave? And I guess what you're saying is it's like, no, we, we do like our faith, we just want a little more rights. Now, was that getting down to like they wanted to say mass? They wanted to do the sacrament of marriage. What were some of the things they were looking for? No, no, no never that. They were they were not looking to to become ordained. They were not looking to say mass or to become you know married. Um, you know, actually, it's, it's a great question that you like. Why you know why you know um, you know if they take the vows of you know the vows of nuns that poverty, chastity, and obedience. Um, and then the key word is obedience. And obedience to what, right? It's obedience to what their faith is calling you to. As Helen Kelly, the president of the college, says, obedience is to follow what the Spirit is calling you to. And you actually have to realize that during that time, there was a council of the Vatican, the Second Vatican Council, that actually called religious communities to reform. So they were actually being obedient to the Vatican and to the Council. They were reforming. They were going back to their um, original inception and seeing how those values of their original or of their originators played, you know, was applicable in that in the world that they lived in. And you know, so in a way, uh, they felt that they were being obedient. And all of a sudden, that the the leader of the you know the bishop here in Los Angeles was actually. You know, kind of going back on their word. Um, so, in a way, um, it was to them they were actually being obedient. And so, it's really kind of it. It, it really depends on how you define obedience. It's very interesting. We're speaking with Pedro Costa, the new documentary "Rebel Hearts." You mentioned that time of uh, of Vatican II, and I think it's interesting when the Catholic Church is when Pope Pius died. They looked at the guy who would become Paul. They thought he was a little bit too young, so they got this old guy, Angelo Roncalli, and they thought, well, he'll die in 10 years. Let, let's let him do it. He becomes John the Twenty-Third, and what does he do? He has Vatican II. They decide to get the masses in the vernacular. They decide that uh, contraception and birth control is necessary. And when Pope Paul comes in, he says, uh, by the way, we'll keep the vernacular, but n- back to no birth control so it was a very confusing time in the church. They got all the bright minds around the world to come together, and then the new pope came in and kind of went old school again. Is that was that kind of something that affected these nuns in the sixties? I think so. I mean, I, you see a lot of the the there was a lot of walking back reforms of uh, from Vatican II. Um, so many would argue that the you know the that the reforms were kind of halted and, and never really saw all the way through. And I think, you know, from Paul VI to, you know, John Paul II, um, there was a kind of like, uh, I guess, limiting um, the 
um, the extent of the reforms. And I think there was um, a real um, a real effect. I mean, you look at the the numbers of women religious around the world from the late 60s to the present is a precipitous decline. Um, and I think, in a way, the world was changing. I think that's a really... Um, it just indicates a huge indicator of how the world was changing. This institution was kind of standing back in time and, and, uh, and I think led to a lot of the declines and a lot of, I think of the turmoil that we've been, you know, we've been seeing with these institutions are, um, and with the institution of the church is, you know, one can, you can really say kind of stems partially from that. Um, so it is, uh, and this film is really a meditation on change. You know, these, these extraordinary these women they were they were changing and one of the they were called by their faith to be a part of the world and they were you know they were moving along with the world and then all of a sudden this institution is, is actually walking back the reforms that it actually called to do so um uh it's it's really interesting and it's interesting to see the toll that it takes and the crap the, sac- the sacrifices that these uh that these trailblazing women um, had to had to make in order to you know to stick with their faith in many ways. Last question for you: We just have about a minute. We know that the Catholic Church likes to cover things up, sweep them under the rug, make them secrets, try to make people forget about them. So, how much were these nuns sort of swept under the rug? Oh, I think uh, enormously. The uh, you know, I think this is a forgotten, this is a hidden gem of history. I mean. It, you know, I've lived in L.A. for um, 20 years now, and I had no idea about the story until um, our extraordinary writer-producer, Shawnee Isaac-Smith, um, you know, came with, with, with Kira, our other producer, um, to, to show me the story. And, like, this is, I think, really needs to be, um, to be brought back into the public consciousness. So, like so many hidden histories that we're now rediscovering. And really, we, we need to re-examine and ask sort of deeper questions of like, why was this forgotten, and how did this, um, you know, how did these things that started 50 years ago really reverberate and really speak to the moment that we find ourselves in now? Rebel Hearts will be on Discovery Plus on uh, Sunday, and um, if you're in New York or LA, get down to the IFC Center or the uh, Lamley Theaters in Glendale uh, on uh, Friday to check out Rebel Hearts, and we've been speaking with the director, Pedro Cost. This is very interesting. Uh, congratulations on the film. Uh, it's going to be a big hit, so thanks for stopping by. Thank you, Rick. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. All right. Uh, appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, when you go to a Catholic high school and a Catholic college, you're going to get a lot of theology shoved down your throat, <laughs> and you find out a lot about the history of the Catholic Church. And you think about that first Vatican Council, which was basically around the time of our Civil War. Before that, it was the Council of Trent in the 1500s. They don't meet very often. Let's just say that. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. we got open lines the rest of the way, so come on in.
Auto Parts is here to keep your car on the road with the right parts, advice from our parts professionals, and our free loaner tool program. Your local store has more than 80 specialty tools available for your next repair. Refundable deposit required. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about our free loaner tool program or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Having your own home is awesome, but it's also a lot of work. The good news? Finding help for your projects is easier than ever. Introducing Angie, the app that puts all your home care needs at your fingertips. Need a pro to fix that emergency leak? Maybe find someone to build a deck or even set your seasonal tasks on autopilot. Angie can handle all that and more. Expert pros, hundreds of home projects, clear pricing, and the easiest way to book and pay in seconds. This is Angie, your home for everything home. Download the app today. I'm going to tell you how you can get real health care for as little as $6 a day. Yes, now you can get affordable health care for you and your family immediately and save as much as 50% off your current monthly health care payments. Our plans are perfect for people that are self-employed, can't afford health benefits where they work, or just want to pay less for their current health care. And coverage is guaranteed regardless of your medical condition. We even offer some of the new Christian faith-based health benefits. Save up to 50% on your family's health care. Make a free quick call now. There are no contracts and we give you a 10-day money-back trial period. Call Provision Enrollment right now for your risk-free guaranteed health insurance quote starting at $6 a day. 800-472-5145. 800-472-5145. That's 800-472-5145. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now. For prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go and pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at Low Cost Airlines. 800-754-4531. 800-754-4531. That's 800-754-4531. You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious! Rick Tittle is a majestic stallion. Thank you for that, and uh, welcome back to the show. And got some open lines if you'd like to participate. It just got FM radio here, FM dial. All right, um, we now have, uh, well, it's been rumored 
And uh, now the board, the CFP board college football playoff, 12-team field playoffs is moving much closer to a reality because today the board of managers approved a feasibility study of moving to 12 teams. And then the formal approval will happen in an unknown future date, they say now. But moving to 12 would, of course, triple the field from four. And uh, that's been going on for the last seven years. And so if they rubber stamp this, um, as I said, we could have it as early as next year. I don't know. But it was a model created by the management committee, which, of course, are 10 commissioners and Notre Dame's AD. And uh, Mark Keenum, the president of Mississippi State, he chimed in because he's the chairman of the board of the college football playoffs, saying, having heard the presentation made today by the working group, along with the management committee that joined us for today's meeting, the board has authorized the management committee to begin a summer review phase that will engage other employment, other important voices in this matter. These include many people on our campuses, isn't it Campi? On our campuses, we have relationships with the Bulls and a broadcast partner with whom we will want to consult to explore the feasibility of the 12-team proposal. This, too, will happen during the summer study period. And he concludes, having given the management committee the charge to look into expansion, it is our duty to take their good work and ascertain whether it is feasible based on the feedback we receive. I caution observers of our process not to rush to conclusions about what this board may decide. The working group has presented us a thorough and thoughtful proposal. There is more work to do, more listening to do, and more information needed before we can make a decision. We look forward to hearing more and learning more in time for our next meeting in September. So, end quote. This is going to include, of course, the feasibility study, lots of details and discussion topics. First of all, where are the games going to be played? When are the games going to be played? Are they all going to be neutral venues? Because this is going to be a big deal, a big deal. Because 12 teams does not mean 12 games. <laughs> it's more than 12 games. But as proposed... The sixth highest rank conference champions would populate the bracket along with six at-large teams. There would be no automatic qualifiers for the Power Five conferences. How about that? That means you can win the Pac-12 and not go. If they say that, let's say Alabama wins the SEC with Georgia and Auburn behind and they're all ranked higher than... Washington or, you know, USC wins the Pac-12. I thought conferences got automatic bids. The four highest-ranked teams would receive a bye once it got going, and the CFP could commence with four play-in games, which would be hosted on the campuses of teams ranked between five and eight. So playoff games would start approximately two weeks after the conference championship games. Oh, those aren't going away. Now, when do those happen? Those happen in early December. So the winners of those four games would go to the quarterfinals, 
which they think will be New Year's Day. If New Year's Day is a Sunday, they'll never go up against the NFL. They'll do it January 2nd. The semifinals would then be played two weeks later. And right now, there's no proposal on when the championship game would be played. (laughs) It's weird. Two weeks for the semifinals after the quarters? The NFL waits two weeks for the Super Bowl, but not for the championship games. So, as was mentioned by the uh, commissioner, the media rights sources, they, they want this. They think a 12-team playoff would bring in a billion a year. A year. Right now, ESPN averages $600 million a year. That's what they're getting. So they think it can nearly double. So for the first time, the highest-ranked group of five champion would be guaranteed a spot. And so that means... That would be someone from the American Conference, Conference USA, MAC, the Mountain West Conference, Sunbelt, too. If any of the Power Five Conference champions are not among the high, highest-ranked six champions, then that would open up a spot for a second group of five champion. So last year, what would have happened? Well, that means that Cincinnati would have gone in and Coastal Carolina would have gone in, but Oregon, the Pac-12 champion, as I was mentioning, would not have gone in. So how does this help? You get the Cincinnati Bearcats. That's fine. Coastal Carolina gets in over Oregon. That doesn't look good on paper or on a screen or anywhere else, on the field, on TV. I think you should give each... Power Five Conference champion uh, a way in. So while the bursts would go to the six highest-ranked conference champions, as I said, the Power Five don't get it. So that's why I mentioned the Pac-12 is the most vulnerable right now. But the Pac-12 did not lobby for automatic bids, although there are reports that this could get tweaked and that could get uh, added as well. So if you think about the independent FBS programs, i.e. Notre Dame, they're not eligible for first-round buys. That means if the Fighting Irish, even if they are ranked number one in the nation, the best they could do is a number five seed hosting a play-in game. And that's what they get for being independent. I'll never forget in the 90s when I was working Notre Dame TV uh, games, that they, of course, uh, decided that they were going to be their own network, NBC. And NBC gladly took them on, and they made Dick Emberg do every Notre Dame game. I mean, it's like, it was more important to you, and they knew they could get the ratings. They, and I remember when I saw Notre Dame play Stanford with Jimmy Glothin and Charlie Wise. They brought these huge trucks. They, they took over two huge buildings at Stanford and made a store. And people lined up around the block to get hoodies and hats and barbecue aprons and all that stuff. So there hasn't been any more information from this report provided as to how the bowls are going to be factored in. Because as it is right now, the six New Year's Eve, uh, New Year's Day bowls, those are the ones that hosted these big games. Rose Bowl, Orange Bowl, Peach Bowl, Cotton Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, and Sugar Bowl. Because... And by the way, 
Santa Clara once won the Orange Bowl. St. Mary's once won the Sugar Bowl. Thought I'd throw that in. But these bowl contracts are signed through 2026. So some people think we're not going to be able to have the playoffs until 2027. It's just going to be impossible. Now, you can tell everybody to wait around for six years. No, there's no way. There's no way. If they approve it, they're not going to say, it'll be adjusted. They can take a contract and rip it up and redo it, just like they do in sports every day. We want to give you an extension. Let's just rip this thing up. So there have been no specifics as to whether the 12 teams will be ranked or seated differently than the current playoff ranks the four teams because as it stands right now, you got 13 people. Remember Condoleezza Rice, CFP Selection Committee. They look through the CFP rankings and they select their top four. But now they're saying we might get computers back into it again. This just, it's, we just keep biting our tail, chasing it, running around in circles. You're still going to have people voting. You're still going to have, well, you might have computers again. Time and time again, I have talked about the fail-safe mention of just how to go ahead and get this done without, once again, without having any voters. It's just a simple um, uh, method of promotion and relegation. And every single thing is decided on the field. There's not one person who has anything to say about it. Not one. And we're all human, as I said, you know. And so now you could say, well, I mean, if we got computers involved, then that would put Notre Dame ahead of Coastal Carolina. Right? I don't care if Coastal Carolina goes 12-0 and and Notre Dame goes 2-10. and Notre Dame would still destroy Coastal Carolina in a football game. It's different in basketball. It's different in baseball. Speaking of Coastal Carolina, College World Series, it's different in those sports. But football, it's not. Football, you will get stomped. But a lot of people, you know, they put their whole, uh, you know, especially from driving around, you see these, uh, these people out there, they, they couldn't give a damn about pro sports. Their whole life revolves around that college. And so, I mean, to get a 12-team playoff now, you're going to have, I, I just, I think what it's going to end up being is just a glorified SEC tournament. You know, depending on the seedings go, could we have a Final Four with all SEC teams? Why not? If they just go by rankings. Let's say you have a, uh, you know, if you take 12 and you they're ranked exactly as they would, let's say 1 and 5 and 9 and 12, and they never, there was no way they could play each other until they got to the Final Four. Are we going to call it the Final Four? No, I guess we haven't done that yet. But it, um, you know, I, I think this would make more sense if you just took it out of the hands of the computer and just said, Look, if you you win your conference, you're in. You know, if you win the MAC, if you win the Mountain West, just take the top 12 conferences. But that would never work because you'd say, well, Rick, the two, the second and third best team in the nation are SEC teams. All right, well, then that's out. So, as I said, there's, except for my method, which I call the Rick, uh, Rick Tuttle genius method, you're always going to have people. 
that 13, 14, 15, 16, can you imagine the moaning and groaning the Pac-12 and Oregon would have done last year with Coastal Carolina getting in ahead of them when they're the Pac-12 champions? It would have been a little bit of moaning and groaning. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back. I'm a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who've helped people that have been injured or wronged. Have you been diagnosed with cancer? Are you one of the millions who have taken Zantac or other generic versions of this popular drug to help treat stomach issues? Then pay close attention to this message. The FDA said it detected low levels of a probable cancer-causing chemical known as NDMA in Zantac and other generic forms of this popular drug. They've banned sales and even removed it from the market. If you've been diagnosed with cancer and you've taken Zantac or a generic equivalent, call the legal helpline now. You could receive a free cash award and have your medical expenses covered. And there's no upfront cost to you. They only get paid if you win. So please call now. 800-251-7460. That's 800-251-7460. Attention timeshare owners. This is an urgent consumer alert from the Timeshare Exit Hotline, a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get out of their expensive timeshare contracts. We're offering you a way to legally get rid of your timeshare. So if you're fed up with the maintenance fees that keep on coming and want to learn if you can terminate your timeshare legally and permanently, call today. Even if you've tried before and were unsuccessful in getting rid of your timeshare, call today and see if we can help. We offer a complete 100% unconditional client satisfaction guarantee. Make this completely free call and learn how we can help you legally put an end to your timeshare nightmare once and for all. You have nothing to lose. So call right now to qualify and receive a free consultation. 800-880-7167. 800-880-7167. That's 800-880-7167. Paid for by Airtime Media. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time. Time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-215-6812. 800-215-6812. That's 800-215-6812. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. (laughs) 
Rick Tittle ate 200 chicken wings at your mama's house last night. Now back to Fat Boy. Thanks for that, and uh, welcome back to the uh, show. And uh, one of the better guys that I um, got to know just a little bit from talking to him now and then was Ben Zobris with the A's. Um, such a bizarre path to the major leagues that you w- it's too long to tell. There was no reason he should have been in the big leagues. But he was just a complete Swiss Army knife with the Tampa Bay Rays. The A's traded for him opening night. He hit a home run. Then he went to the Cubs. They won their first World Series since before World War I. He's the World Series MVP. He was always very, very religious. And he had this wife who always, speaking of which, always wanted to sing the national anthem. She fancied herself as a country music star. And so the A's did let her sing the national anthem one time. But as I said, they're a very religious couple. Well, now Ben Zobrist is uh, suing his wife and his pastor for carrying on an extramarital affair uh, in Tennessee. Um, said that Byron Yon, the senior pastor at Community Bible Church in Nashville, Tennessee, began meeting uh, his wife for sex the whole time he was their marriage counselor, and he suggested two years ago, give your wife some space so he could have more sex with her. Uh, Even uh, adding insult to injury, uh, the the foundation that Zobris has, which helps out, it's called Patriot Forward, that he took that money and embezzled it uh, as well. So Ben Zobris is now seeking $3 million in compensatory and $3 million in punitive uh, damages. So Ben Zobrist, a good guy, not only um, got uh, stabbed in the back by his wife, but also his pastor and his marriage counselor. And uh, that is some messed up stuff, to say the least. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll see you tomorrow, 9 a.m., pack time. We don't have brain damage. (laughs) (laughs) Great way to end the show.